I'm Kari Randolph, artist extraordinaire, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Much bitch up, it can go down. No, downplay everything. It's Jew free now. Jew Christopher, free. you're gonna have to strap in, buddy. Just because the this is going to be a long one. Sis uh, in the club. So no, packed, I might ride around on my bodyguard back like uh, Prince in the club. Um, she said, Can you get my friends in the club? I said, Can you get my friends in the club? We're, we're, un- we're unhinged. If not, oh, treat your friends like my best friend. I'm fed outside to the evening end. Wow, you don't have a red box in your like leaving it. When I wake up, I like to go again. You have the time. What the hell do you need a red box? She can't go to work, same clothes again. And I pop coated in the souls of men. Louis Dude, that's time on the toes again. Tight dressed as a close to him. He's us just rose again. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. I was just gonna make an off color joke. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. They're all boiling in radioactive soup right now. That's crazy. We're all gonna be. It's okay. Tell us truth. Do not fear death. The Wakandans didn't. That's all I gotta say. He's king of the dead. <laughs> oh, so good. Stop it. <laughs> you talking about? Not, every, not everybody read something that's 20 minutes old, bro. Yeah. I just got done reading Infinity Number 2. Some of us work. Jason and I work during the Holy day. Holy so. I'm, I'm decided I'm going to wait on all that. Oh, only I macro. read the first one. I enjoyed it. I'm going to wait for you guys to come back and say, oh, it was so good until the end. No, that's not going to happen. Sucked sweaty ass nope, balls. No, nope, no, that's the other so company. Sorry. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so glad is I that, didn't. Is get that Forever Evil, Vince? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they roped me in with Age of Ultron and fucking did it again. Dude, the funniest part of that whole thing was the three of us are going nuts for Marvel again. We're talking all the time. Chris isn't really feeling it. He re-engaged me. He picks fucking Age of Ultron. But you know what? <laughs> yep. You know what? It was worth it. Because Age of Ultron... No, it's nothing about Age of Ultron that was worth it. Yeah, No, no, no. You're wrong. Age of Ultron gave us Superior Spider-Man number 17. That makes anything that... Any transgression... That occurred in Age of Ultron has been worth it. When you and read I love, I love the dig. Spe- like, um, I love the dig about how oh these, these fucking idiots. What they do now? How they screw things up now? And, nah, and you see, yeah. you see who's on the screen. Like, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Superior Seventeen. That was that was just <sighs> an awesome issue. Have fun. I think they're going to have to widen all the doors in Mister Stegman's house because his head is just not going to be able to fit through. Well, it, yes, it did look gorgeous, but I got to hand it to Slot for for. I mean, I didn't even see it coming, and the nope. little things here and there as you turn the pages and 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 read each panel, and then it all just it from 2013 to 2099, and how it just I, seamless, right? It, I have no idea. Nope. That was just it he's was, a crafty was, little bastard, and as are we. Here on 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 281. Cool. And I, <laughs> I almost forgot this part, <laughs> and, and, and I am <laughs> Vince V. 281's good? Yeah, I think so. It's a good, good number. Yeah. Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, landmark 281's? Anyone? Mm, Anyone? I don't remember. No? No? Cerebus? I don't know. 
Fantastic Four. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm Vince B, the, Chris. Uh, homegrown Neighbors had a great... Uh, 281 was a good one of that. <laughs> uh, I actually have a lot of uh, a lot of comics to talk about tonight. And who are you, though? Who's talking about them? David. Stop, mm. stop. Oh, oh stop is that what that feels like? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Chris. Touche. And uh, I would have said Happy New Year to my people, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm David Price. Well, I'm going to say Happy New Year to your people for oh, you, then. Thanks. Ooh. Even though I'm not from this planet because I'm Sizigi Darklock. Oh, you are not. That's cool. I know what you read, then. You just blew it. He did. You he blew it. You are not Sizigi Darklock. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And you don't have to be from outer space to get great, di- 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 great discounts on your favorite comic books and collectibles. All you gots to do is go to our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get 35 to 75% off, probably more, their uh, spotlighted special books for the month. Get this. This month at DCBS, you can get Action Labs Princeless Encore Edition number one for 45% off. You can get this new remender joint from Image called Black Science. If you've oh, seen yeah. the preview pages, you uh, have already realized that is something you must order. Uh, like now, wait, I s- hold up. Just, I got to interrupt you here. Hmm. It's not It's not just Rick Remender. It's Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera's Black Science. Yeah, but you know who the real star is? The reader? No, Dean oh. White. Look at that color. I know. Amazing. Uh, like I said, it's from Image, and you can get it for 50% off. And last but not least, if you're not on the Valiant train, this may very well convince you because you can get a bundle of all of their output, Sans Collected Editions, for 50% off. That's huge savings when you're talking $3.99 a pop, right? Valiant bundle, 50% off. They do not mind late order editions or late orders, period. Uh, you can get your previews for cheap, a buck and change. And if you're a very first time customer, you can enter the code that the lovely David Price will tell you into the pre-moistened slot and get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David. Vince. Hey, tell them the code. Oh, that code is EOC8. EOC8. Three letters and a number get you an extra 8% off. DCBService.com. They're the best. Period. Yay. Nothing Period. else to say. Period. Boom. Vince. Yeah, yeah. Hi. What are you drinking? Something out of a can. Mm. It's a silver can. Oh. It's red, we're white. Gonna we're going to stop doing it. We're going to stop Red, doing white, it. and blue. It's called Diet Pepsi. Mm. <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to stop doing it. Dude, if you showed up to an episode every now and then, Chris, you'd see that we've been drinking a lot. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, it's American. Don't talk to me, tardy boy. You've been yeah. missing just as many as I He's have. He's not French. I, I don't so. know. missing any episodes lately. He. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Funky I'm spirit. drinking the world's oldest brewery, oh. Yangling Traditional Lager. Nice. Nice. Now, but, you know, I th- there there's an asterisk that should be hung on that. Oh, because not, we're going to hear about the Third Coast having the original brewery? <laughs> oh, no, because because most of that stuff is brewed in, like, Tampa Bay now. You can ask Bean about that. They're, they're big breweries down in, uh, down in Tampa now. Yeah, but they started in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. collectively, they're it's the not, oldest. It's not, like it's, it's not like it's from the oldest brewery. It's from, it's, it's the oldest brewery that now brews in Tampa Bay. Well, I'm drinking the 
That's my particular bottles from Pottsville, PA. So. <laughs> okay, well, that'll work, and thank you for having a beer. I appreciate it. David, have a several if that's okay. <laughs> oh, he was tanked last week. Oh, I was, right? You were, you were, awesome. Yeah, you were slurring your words towards the end. It was yeah, very funny. It was beautiful. Uh, I, I sent this recipe to, uh, to, to, to our friend, Mario, and I sent it to Chris. Um, I've couple, maybe it's been a few weeks, and I finally have all the ingredients in my house. Uh, so I made it tonight for this episode. It's basically a... Um, it's kind of like a whiskey three-way. It's equal parts. Ooh. Johnny Walker Red. Jack Daniels. And the recipe called for old Overholt rye, but I couldn't find that, so I have Rittenhouse. So I'm basically drinking equal parts of, of those three. Scotch, Tennessee whiskey, and rye whiskey. Yeah. In the same damn glass. Same damn glass, bro. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was a couple, threw in a couple ice cubes. It is, it is really good and it is really fucking strong. You so think? I, oh I, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll be swinging in a little bit. Nice. Snap nice. in. That is. sounds very. It is tasty. It, it, they all kind of even balanced. I mean, they 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 seem to work well together. It's but yeah, it's it, it, there's a lot of alcohol there. Okay. Nice. Uh, now I came home and uh, threw uh, threw a couple fillets on and uh, and some sweet potatoes and what else and a nice salad and uh, so Marta opened up uh, a bottle of some wine. So I'm I'm not even going to try and say what it is, but it's some uh, Portuguese wine from 1997. I'm sitting here and drinking the the last of it. So are you sure young. you're not from Pennsylvania? Why? Because that's a Pennsylvania thing to say a nice salad. <laughs> a nice salad? No, for real. Whenever for I, real? we, yeah, whenever we go out to eat, I hear people say, "Yeah, I'd like a nice salad." It must be a Pennsylvania <laughs> thing, as, <laughs> as opposed to a real shitty salad. Yes, yeah. toss salad. Here's your goddamn salad. I crapped in it on the way over. All right. Well, that's oh, not very speaking nice. of toss salads, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a this segue. Weekend, this Lord. weekend, September seventh and eighth. A bunch of the coolest people in comics will be descending upon the Baltimore Convention Center, most notably David A. Price and the Woodrow hanging out for Baltimore Comic-Con, sons. Wow. This is lucky. Yes. And very much looking forward to the pregame festivities at Mr. Chris Campbell's house. Yes. That's the combo. Yes. So You're going to be uh, making with the portable recorder and, and grabbing some more. Yes, because we're running we're intros. running low. Yeah, and I just I'm in the midst of finishing up my Guardians of the Galaxy jam piece. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. I envy both of you. Yeah. You were you were really invited. The, I know. I, the, I can't for the it. folks that can't make it to Baltimore. Um, uh, hopefully, you listen to uh, uh, to the chat last week that I had with uh, with Kara and Tony about Cincinnati. So, if you're more of the Midwestern flavor, head to Cincinnati. But I'm sure that there's going to be tons of peeps out in uh, in Baltimore. I wish I could go to either one of them and both of them at the same time. If you were Jamie Madrix, you could. I could. I'm not going to yeah. make either one, which is a big bummer. I but. have two thank yous, and I have received specific instructions from uh, the giver of the second one that, uh, Christopher, you cannot mention anything baseball while I'm thanking him. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Uh, uh, he just said, don't let Chris talk oh, baseball. Oh, it's fucking Gordo. <laughs> First of all, I have to thank Brian G. Because he sent me a copy of the second volume of the Fanographics Popeye uh, for free. Just gave it to me. He found it. Sent it to me because he knows I loves my Popeye. And he also sent me an absolutely beautiful Adventure Time poster. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got it right here. I almost broke my headphones. It's the one that says, what is life? Do you ever see this? Finn has... Uh, no. he, Hold it up to the screen, sorry. See, see it? <laughs> Finn has the balloons on, and he's floating, and it's all... There's a there's a, uh, a dot screen on it. It's just gorgeous. It's from last year. It's like promotional thing. I've never even seen it before, and I love having it. So uh, thank you to... Um, Wow, I messed myself up pretty bad here. Mm-hmm. To, uh, Are you okay? No, I ripped my headphones almost off my head. Brian yeah, G., man. thank you very much. And the aforementioned uh, Gordo, Gordy Adams, went uh, way beyond the Call of Duty and sent me a shit ton of stuff in a box. Oh, nice. A huge stack. I shit ton. Yes. A huge stack of heavy metals. And film facts. He knows what I love. And monsters from the vault. Bunch of magazines. There was a plastic invisible woman in there. Clear Susie <laughs> for my bed. <laughs> uh, Savage Dragon card. There was an Aurora model um, company T-shirt. A vintage. It looks like to me. Um, what else was in there? Oh, uh, a book about the yokai. Survival Guide, Surviving the the Japanese Yokai Monsters, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. But Mr. Gordo handcrafted (laughs) Amigo doll of of me. Yeah. Yeah. It has the uh, famous monster, Shock Monster, on the T-shirt. It's got my little goatee, which I grew back, oddly enough. It's bald. It's got... um, It's not the... Not the Migos that were on the card. It's the original boxed Migo, which means he had to cut the whole damn box out himself. On the back of it, he used the uh, Rick Veach, Kirby-style Frank Zappa Mm -hmm. drawing, which is fantastic. It's amazing. He did the whole damn box, and I'm going to take pictures of Mm -hmm. it and put it on the forum because it's awesome. He knows how much I love Migos. He loves Migos, too. And uh, he, he did this for me. It's nuts. The, the the attention to detail and the care he put into this thing. So I want everybody to see it. So I'm going to take some pics, snap a pic like my kids say. Some of us have already mm-hmm. seen it for really? the last several yes. fucking months. Yes. And and oh. not, not only that, <laughs> but the the doll has little tiny comic books in his hand. Like he he did comics book and eerie and creepy and the eerie publications. He made like a bunch of different covers because I'm always carrying this stuff around. And I was thinking about it. I'm so glad that that comics book uh, history is coming out, uh, the Kitchen Sink Marvel uh, history about that, because I've decided, and this is in the interim since I heard that that book was coming out, that that is probably the most important purchase I've made in all of my, my comic buying existence, was buying comics book number one. Comple- well, completely really? changed me. Yes, completely changed me forever. It hit exactly at the right time. I was like, what did that come out? 75, 74. So I was under, I was 10 or 11 years old when that came out. 
I, I, I grew up on a steady diet of Marvel comics, Marvel mainstream comics, uh, and then when they did the black and white. So I branched out a little bit, but that book just revealed to me that there was way more to comics than, than Marvel. The undergrounds and all, it was dirty, it was profane, there's foul language in it, there's boobies, there's drug use. It's, 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 a, it's an amazing book. And it's just for like an 11, 12-year-old to read that, it just like blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's the most important comic book I ever bought. Yep. So And, well, he, and he nailed Gord- it, and I got to love him. Gordo is he's an awesome guy. He's, he's an awesome guy, and a, he's, a, he's a great person. And for he him is. to do that is for me, a of lot all of people. work into it. And oh, yes. you know, he, loves, he loves the show. He's... He's he's a good friend, and yeah. that was that was really cool. And we're so. cut from the same cloth. And now that I'm done with my thank you, you can get a free shot at him about pirates. Is it the pirates? <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 him and and Tim Rackerich and Mario are all pirates fans. Right. And so I've been I've been getting it from them for the last oh however couple weeks. Um, and I assume the pirates are doing good. Well, well, the pirates are are currently in first place. Ah. Uh, I think a, a game, uh, a game ahead of of my beloved Cardinals. And what I would say to them is, I'm glad that your team looks like it might have its first winning season since I was in high school. Wow, that's low, dude. No, it's true. It's, it's, no, it's true. I know, but it's, can't you let them have their party? And I'm going to let them have their party, enjoy your team and their success. Stop fucking texting me and posting on Facebook every goddamn time that your team wins and my team loses. Well, I think this is striking a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm happy for them that their team is doing well. I, I just, as I keep texting them, win a playoff game and talk to me. Cool. So thank you, Brian you, G. Gordo. and Mr. Gordo, Gordy Adams, for, for all that you do, and it's just very much appreciated. Warms my damn heart, it does. So let's talk about some comics. What are comics? Yeah, you want to start it on a low note, and then we'll work our way up? Huh. <laughs> you, um, you seem to be the only one who's really read something that, uh... Yeah. Uh, no, kick us off. Okay. Kick us off, brother. I, I tweeted to David today, a private tweet. I was going to tweet it public, but I thought twice about it, and I said I sent it to him. I said, do you think if I tweet this, it will make me look like a dickhead? And David's like, David's yeah. like, yeah, I don't think you should tweet that. But you can say it on the show because you know what? More people will probably <laughs> encounter it that way. And I said, all right. I said, you know, from, from everything I've read so far today, if if this Wednesday was a dick measuring contest between Marvel and DC, DC wouldn't even make it past the teeth of their zipper. Oh my lord! The 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 books that I've read out of DC today were horrible, and and the the number one top of the Duke was Forever Evil number one. It is embarrassingly bad. I, I, I'm I'm not going to slam. Who are the party's responsible? I'm not, I won't slam it too bad. I'll let you guys. If you feel like, you know, throwing your money away, I'll let you read it. Uh, isn't that great of me? Uh, it was written by Jeff Johns, penciled by David Finch, inked by, I think, Richard Friend, 
color art by uh, Justin Ponsor. And it's not the visuals that are the problem. It, I mean, it's Finch, it, and 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 fr- it looks good. There there are panels that are really really sharp, as you would expect from people of this caliber, right? In in terms of the visuals, the story is absurd. I, I mean, Johns must have learned storytelling from uh, that Richard Donner Superman. Because he uses like impossible science to to iron out wrinkles in, in the story. Basically, the JLA are all dead, or at least that's what we've been told. Because we don't actually see it happen. It happens all off panel. Crime Syndicate Earth Two Crime Syndicate comes to to our planet, destroys the place. Apparently, kills the JLA, right? And then they run roughshod all over the place. Um, like I said, we don't see the JLA die, but we do see multiple pages wasted on this long shot of all the assembled villains. Just like I th- I, it's it's multiple pages. It's nuts, and it's a complete waste of 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 uh, storytelling. Uh, it's whatever. Um, so even though the crime syndicate has the run of the place, they've killed the JLA. They use Nightwing to prove a point. And they unmask him, like for all the assembled villains to see. And and I guess uh, the Titans have uh, a bird's eye view into the, the the proceedings because like Tim is is all broken up about it. Um, I don't know why they would use Nightwing, other than isn't uh, Ultraman's um, like Ultraman is the inverse, or uh, not Ultraman? What's the Batman? Owl Man. Owlman. He's the inverse of Batman, right? So wouldn't Dick Grayson on his world be his little buddy? Not necessarily. Well, I mean, I don't know why they would use Nightwing, but they beat the shit out of him. They use um, the the lasso to make him confess, you know, and he, he takes the mask off. Oh, everybody's shocked. But, it, I mean, that's not the, the thing that got me. I guess Ultraman reacts adversely to... Um, the Yellow Sun. So he's the inverse of Superman. So right. the Yellow Sun makes Superman powerful. Now here's where the Richard Donner thing comes in. The our, our Yellow Sun. It's 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 a dawn of a new day, and the sun's coming out, and Ultraman gets ticked off because it's a Yellow Sun, and it's causing him some amount of unpleasantness. So he moves the moon into eclipse, so so he doesn't have to endure. The, the the full brunt of the sun's rays. Now, obviously, <laughs> the Earth of this new 52 okay. is stationary because, you know, there's no orbiting the sun here. Right. We have a dark side with millions of dead people on this planet. It, it's silly. It's ridiculous. The, the whole thing is just, I, I mean, this is what, this is their gambit to to you know grab market share. It, it's ridiculously bad. And I'm thinking, wow. I remember when I couldn't wait to read the next Jeff Johns book. Like when he was firing on on all cylinders in the the the, the good lantern stuff. I was like, "Wow, this stuff is great!" And you read this, and it's not even like the same dude. It's just a whole mess of uninteresting. And it's like, I don't I don't know where where did it all go wrong? Uh, it's called getting a corporate promotion. <laughs> Seriously, do you think he just had, doesn't, I mean, I've heard, I haven't read it, but I've heard that uh, Aquaman is not bad. 
I heard it, you know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, I read the first arc and enjoyed it a lot. I haven't kept up with it, but. Um. But, the, I mean, you look at what's coming out of, even, when I laid everything out today, even the books that are not, um, no fanfare in the marketplace, like, well, I don't want to say, because Superior Spider-Man did have some, some fanfare, but, like, uh, the uh, Battle of the Atom. Whole, it's like night and day, and 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 that's not even. It's an event, but it's not like a top tier event. It's not Infinity, you know. Right. And right. and Infinity is number two was just as good, if not better, than number one. So there's there's a problem here. And I mean, I I hope they can fix it. I really do. And because I read some of the villain books, mm-hmm. and I'll, I mean, well, I can get into them later. Nah. Yeah. The, nah. No. No. So you say DC, D, I'll be DC in you, huh? And I picked the obvious choices. I picked um, Action Comics for Cyborg Superman, and I picked Batman for the Joker. Right. The, later on, I'll get into it. The Joker wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. The Joker wasn't bad. All right, fair enough. But you know what I mean. I I gotta shoot straight because I'm Mister Positive, right? I don't like yeah. to bring Duke or, or Downers to the show, but I gotta say this was exceedingly bad. It was just like, wow. I, I just closed the cover. And I had to read the damn thing again. I said, maybe I missed something. You know, when the high point is Lex Luthor um, talking about how he, he knocked his, his sister's cat out of a tree. <laughs> okay. And then at the end, at the end, right, they're, they're doing all this. The, 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 the crime syndicate's just like rah, ripping shit apart. And Luthor, all seriousness, says, this looks like a job for Superman. And then you turn to the last page, and he goes, well, where the hell is he? Where is he? It's like, oh, man. just It was torment. It was, that is rough. It is. I'm not, but I'm just saying, don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. Don't, I'm just going to go blind. I mean, just read it and see if I'm not, like, you know, shit out of my mind. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. The, the whole DC thing has been disappointing they they took a big gamble we all lauded them at the time we did we went buku and it was hey this is this is a a a big bold move and i think that we're starting to realize now that it was a desperation move and i mean i i don't know the proper analogy you know marvel is the usa and dc is is russia you know i I, you know i don't know that they just don't they don't have enough bullets in the gun whatever it is but i I look at the i look at the stuff that they were doing four and five years ago to their their challenge the way that they challenged themselves was we may not be number one but we're going to do things that marvel won't do and so they stepped out and they did things like Wednesday Comics. Yep. You know, they did things like Solo. Like Solo. Well, it was they, back in the day, dude. You're, you're well, I'm, I'm giving, yeah, well, I'm giving them no, a the moment. last five, you know, 10 years. It's going back 10 years. They did things that pushed the envelope of, of what a mainstream company was supposed to do in the medium. They, they pushed the medium. They, I mean, hey, man, Wednesday Comics, people loved it and hated it all at the same time that was a big risk and it was something that was really cool and now i mean they are a shadow of that yeah hey marvel never gave paul pope a shot well i mean not not until um 
Marvel never had to. And that's kind of why, why I gravitated to liking DC. It's because whenever you're number two, I think you you're... You you try harder and you do different things. Marvel Marvel didn't need to do anything. Right. But Marvel did what what was the little indie thing they crapped out? It was strange Tales. But it was great. They, so, yeah. Yeah. They they you know honestly they. But it was in the wake of Bizarro Comics, right? right? You would, so, I don't think you would have seen that if it wasn't for Bizarro Comics, right? So I mean they they did that, which was there was some cool. I mean there was some. The, the actual content in that, much better than the effort of the publisher to put it out, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. They let Farrell Darimple take a shot at Omega the Unknown, which was you know, different. I, I've, got the, I've got the DC 75th anniversary book, which is, you know, from a from a from an art director, publisher perspective, is a goddamn marvel of modern print. <laughs> it is. No, you said marvel. Well, yeah. but yeah, you're it, right. It, it it is amazing. I Marvel's never gonna fucking print anything like that. No, who's gonna write it? I mean, there's not too many Levitzes out there. You know, so DC at, at some point they, I don't know, man. In the last couple of years, it's like they forgot who they are. And yeah. you know, there's a couple of good books there, and I'll, I'll oh, check yeah. it. There oh are, no, sure. I'm I'm I'll, I'll balance good, it out. Some good. There's some good creators there. I'm gonna talk about a DC creator. In a couple minutes, but I'm it's really an, looking uh, forward to because uh, I don't. I'm reading Wonder Woman and Batman as they come out, and that's yeah. it. But I'm uh, I'm going to give uh, Lemire's take in the Justice League or to, uh, to uh, Canada. Yeah, so cool. uh, I'm going to give that a try. That yeah. sounds quirky. I, I read nothing but DC over the weekend. I I finished Threshold, which was awesome. the The last issue was incredibly well done. Giffen tied the 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 front matter and the back matter together, and oh, really? it was amazingly well nice. done. Right, and then I read, um, which I missed out initial run. I read Dial H for Hero. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. but it seems like all the DC books that I really groove on, they either get canceled, you know, or I I don't know how good they are until they're gone. Yeah, what are you gonna yeah. do? Welcome to comics, and I, and I yeah, like Larflees too. I'm I'm still I'm still reading the Before Watchmen stuff, and it's it's it, pretty damn good comics. It is, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So I'm I'm really enjoying you know and that you know that and Wonder Woman, who I know some people thought hit a bit of a lull. It the the, the latest arc has been fantastic again. So yeah, I, I spoiled it for myself. I saw what happened in the that's okay. that's pretty damn I cool. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. That's um. That's that's probably next up. So, you I know, think Azarello is a safe bet, though. I, I don't think Azarello would be the no. person that would churn out for every yeah. evil, number one. Chris, have you uh, have you read any of the um, Brother Lono yet? I have not. Um, probably, you know, I'm I'm definitely in a in a mode where I I let things I let the dust settle on stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm now going to call that my my age of Ultron um, edict. Mm. Is that no matter how good I, I hear things are, I'm gonna wait for it to end before I before I start reading it. It's just right. easier on me that it makes me less angry that way. So yeah, y'all y'all keep rolling on the infinity and whenever it ends and if it's awesome, I will uh, I will go out there and and read it all. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get Ultron again. Oh, you won't. I'm I, I can almost guarantee it. Seriously, you can almost guarantee it. Right. Well, you know what. Almost. Issue guaranteed. one and two of of Age of Ultron were were 
shadows of what Hickman has done with one and two. I really, I, I really like the first, uh, the first issue. Oh, this of two is amazing. So, so, there's too much other good stuff to uh, to read, and I got well, too many is, awesome yeah. series. But you guys have uh, unintentionally led to this. So I-, I wanted to bring up something tonight that wasn't necessarily a, a specific comic, but um, but the- this discussion leads naturally into it, so I'll just go with it. Um, so our good friend, Mr. Pat Loika, who is the host of Loika Mania Hi, podcast. Exactly. Everybody uh, knows who Pat is. You know, no, no doubt. Everybody listening to this. The man who does not need introduction. Yeah. But he, I'm a, I was a little behind, but I listened this week to an episode he did. I think it was episode 155. Uh, it was an artist roundtable. And it was some of our favorite people. I mean, Pat was the host, obviously. That was uh, it was uh, Declan Shalvey, Gabriel Hardman, um, Riley Brown, and Nick Patara. That's and awesome. the, heavy hitters. Yeah, definitely. And the impetus for the discussion was a conversation that Declan had started on his Tumblr, I guess, in response to some commentary, essentially taking issue or expressing frustration with the current state of comic book reviews and <laughs> what he was really talking about was a frustration with um reviewers either reluctance to or intentional um lack of attention to the artwork mm-hmm. as part of the as part of the, the process and 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 oh, and, oh and, and, he, and he's not buying into the notion of people often will say well i'm not an artist so i don't feel competent to speak to that part yeah that's bullshit and and so he, I guess this this prompted Pat saying well, we should all come on this air and talk about it. And so first of all, let me say, um, if you ha- if you don't regularly listen to Pat's show, I this is definitely listen. worth your attention. It it ended up being this amazingly um, rich, vibrant, meandering uh, conversation between these artists um, who we we you know I think to to a man we think the world of, and they were just unbelievably candor uh, candid about what they were discussing. Expressing their frustrations about the current state of things, their their uh, they didn't all have agreements. It was just it was question, a really question. Yeah. Did any of them bring up the the last probably? I guess we're going on fourteen years of the publishers putting the writers first and promoting writers over art as a reason why reviewers. Um, maybe inadvertently look to the writing as opposed to art. That that it's really the the focus that the publishers have made. Did they you talk said, about that? You said fourteen years. Probably about that. It's way more than that. No, that that was business but, as usual at Marvel from day one. Well, the writer always came first. Well, always. Let's not get into the Kirby Lee thing. No, no, no. I'm and I think it was DC I'm ta- was I'm ta- similar. I'm talking the the. The post-image exodus, so right. okay, sixteen years. Yeah, it was it was one of the first things that got brought up. I mean, because again, these guys, you know, uh, several of them are writers as well, yeah. and uh, you know, they made and Gabe, you know, made the joke that he was, you know, he was an artist in the nineties as well, and uh, you know, under <laughs> a different name, but he was an artist in the nineties, and that uh, you know, he he, they yeah, they quickly I'm made that point stuff. that it, awesome. that it was a. Um, <laughs> They quickly made that point that it was a uh, you know a, a, an artist-driven sort of post-image world, and then it's become a writer's world, and and that's part of it. But uh, but that was really part of the interesting that's the dynamic. Not, I think that is it. Yeah. Well, no, because they were also talking about you know again, it's not just. Um, but but this they 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 went 
why I wanted to bring it up isn't that because I think that's a pretty obvious conclusion. What I want to bring up is that I really brought, I thought, a really fascinating discussion, though, again, about art criticism. And, you know, here you have a bunch of artists who could have very easily said, ah, you know, screw the reviewers. They're not artists. They don't get it. But that wasn't their take. Their take was much more about, in general, a frustration that, um, that, that people don't challenge themselves. And, that, and really, when you're discussing art, particularly when it relates to a visual medium, there are some basic tenets of just, uh, of, of structure and layout and pacing and form that are well within your bounds of critiquing. And you should critique them, and, and how you can talk about a comic book and not critique them is sort of incredulous. And I, I really found it fascinating. And um, I thought it would be interesting for us to sort of, you know, riff a little bit about, about our thoughts on that. Because I think that, you know, we're probably guilty of many sins. And I'm sure we've had many a creator listen back to us and shake their fists at us. In fact, I know they have. But that said, I think, I, I've, got, I've I think, got some very, very interesting thoughts. See how many times Chris can cut me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but I think one of the interesting things is that I don't think we're often guilty of not talking about the artwork. No. We may not always – we may have people yelling at us about what we say about the art, but I think definitely we definitely focus on the artwork, you know, if not equally to, you know, sometimes even more than the, the written word. Um, right. Can I say you know, one I, thing before you go into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's one unforgivable sin of uh, sitting your ass down and talking about comics at least on a on a forum that uh, is broadcast on the internet for everyone to hear. If you do not list or uh, should say mention the creators involved in the thing you're talking about, that's unforgivable. You can't do that because uh, you know I, I've often. Received, I do it every time I record the show. I've received messages that say, "Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not to be a jerk, but you, you know, my name wasn't mentioned in in association with this book." And this is from like an inker or a colorist. So, and this is pretty early on. And when I when I before I even get into it, I make sure I say who is responsible for this thing because it's only. I mean, it's just it's polite, you know. what I mean, if you're going to talk about a, a work of art, say who did it. Give credit where it's due, right? Right, but on, so on that front, though, it's interesting because you know Declan made a point of saying, "Well, you know, but he understands when someone says like Hickman's Fantastic Four or Bendis's Avengers because you know they are in essence right. crafting the I can long get that narrative of that." And um, you know, there's a, he said sometimes people do it out of laziness, right? Because it's just easier sure. to mention one creator, but other times, like in those cases, they really are the the major drivers of those works because in, and De- Declan was referring to himself as saying you know you're you're a for hire artist that's often alternating with another artist right yeah right. and that right. got all these guys yeah that got all these guys to jump in like Gabe Gabe talked about how he you know for much of his time at Marvel was in that role of alternating with other artists and he hated it and that's why he's not doing it anymore because he said you know he felt he had zero ownership in it and if he didn't have ownership he couldn't he didn't feel um like he was able to or or, or willing to push back to the writer and collaborate with him more. And yeah. so he only wants to be involved in projects where he really is either creating it completely as he's doing with his, you know, creator and stuff or, or, you know, an equal partner with the other person. Wow. Gabe said uh, that. Yeah. That makes yeah. a whole bunch of sense. You sure he said that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, b- let's be honest. Making comic books is incredibly hard work. And you have guys that are slugging it out day after day for like 10, 12 hours a day, Peeling off a little bit of themselves, themselves every time they 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 whatever they do they if they they touch pen to paper pencil to paper, 
um, the the Wacom pen to a screen, whatever the case, they're 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 given with every stroke, and it's just if you can make somebody's day, like say Dean White, man, he's a crazy son of a bitch with the color, he's amazing. Like, what does that cost? Nothing, and you can make somebody's day. You know, you can give them, uh, you put a little bit more fuel in their tank to. I'm not saying, you know, the complete reason for them to keep going, but what the hell does it cost you? Nothing. Give them a little pat on the back if you think it's good. If you don't think it's good, well, then you don't say anything. Or if it's really bad, call it out, you know? But I'm I just, it does not cost a damn thing. And it gives these guys, you know, a little boost. Like, again, Stegman, incredible work, Superior Spider-Man 17. And and I had, I, just, I tweeted him today. I said, you know, you're sick. You're you're just you're so damn good at what you're doing right now. It's just why not thank them? Do we lose everybody? I just heard a, a dead spot. Yeah, I, I, so did I. No, I th- I just think it's common courtesy just to to go through the, the the list, right? Absolutely. Why not, Jason? What what were you going to say? He didn't hear your question. <laughs> oh, um, well. So the other thing about this that I thought was really cool is they were talking about um, again in part of this was like the conversation again started about the criticism of it and reviewing of it but then it evolved into this idea of ownership and roles and one of the things that came up is like Nick Patara said that he um, like with Manhattan Projects they work totally Marvel method so he Mm -hmm. genuinely feels like the book is is, as much his as it is Hickman's because Hickman sends in the ideas you know 100% of the sight gags and the visuals and stuff are his and then you know um, Hickman fills in the dialogue, and they speak each week about the plot and stuff. And uh, and then they were making the point of how you know like that's a big deal whether or not you work full script or Marvel method. But in today's, as to Chris's point, writer driven world, it's mostly full script. Yeah. You know, and that as a writer, I mean, as an artist, it's difficult to feel ownership in what's going on when you're being given full scripts with with, with heavy detail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so, so I mean the thing is is that you know it just but the point here is that is that it just was fascinating to hear guys like keep it real you know and just really talk about yeah. some of their frustrations well, I, and then they did they eventually brought it back to the to the idea of criticism and um, and you know a couple of the guys were like well you know who cares about reviewers and, and, I, and to Declan's credit he was like well no I mean we're having this conversation because of reviewers and he's like and my criticism wasn't born out of like being upset if someone gave me a bad review in fact his criticism came from a specific set of reviews where they were liking his stuff, but he said it's very frustrating when comic reviews are essentially a three-paragraph plot synopsis of the issue, and then something like, "Oh, and the art was competently drawn by Declan Shalvey." Oh, that's a you problem know, with like, a lot of criticism, though. That yeah. that that right, kind of right. criticism spills over into the like DVD reviews and record reviews, mm-hmm. because let's be honest, a lot of people don't have a whole lot to say. Hey, mm-hmm. so movie movie reviews. How many movie reviews get into the cinema, into the cinematography of it? Yeah, that's what I'm right. saying. Very few. So they Very what few. they'll do is they'll 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 re- revamp the plot. How, how many of them get into the editing? How many of them get into the sound design? Uh, right. It's exactly. very difficult to critique. The, the technical aspects of a movie, and whenever it comes to art, it's very difficult to critique something that, quite honestly, is, is you know, it's very subjective to a lot of people. I, you know, there there are a lot of artists out there that it's it would be very hard for me to critique a Gary Panner book because mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like you, you don't have to get it. 
No, no, you don't stop, have to get stop, it. Stop, stop. It's very hard for me to critique a Gary Panner book on its artistic merit because I don't get it like you. And so as a reviewer, I would choose not to talk about it because I don't feel like it's something that I should talk about. Now, mm-hmm. what we've gotten to, and, and I'm not... And I'm not saying that Panner's not great because I know he is, okay? But I know that you can see it more clearly than I can, and you can you can talk about it in, in a you know eloquently and go on and on about it. So I think you're but, selling yourself short. No, well, but but I, I do because and, and, and I, what, well, what, and I'm and I'm talking about about reviewers in general, and I think it's very interesting with some other thing that that have gone on this week that it's with you know the advent of the internet reviewer and podcast and comic book sites and that kind of stuff is that is that kind of overnight and this came you know this was with bullpen bulletins and comic geek speak and around comics and and you know we can go back to you know all of the originals augie and suntress and and all those guys um you know with podcasts it's like all of a sudden we had this brand new medium that that we could jump into and you know what we've been reading comics for 20 years we you know uh, uber fans it's it's stuff that we could all you know talk about relatively intelligently it it took me probably four years to understand that i didn't know what the fuck i was talking about (laughs) seriously seriously i came in it took me four years to to educate myself back to the point of zero and so what you have with a lot of comic book critics is people who are fans who have all of a sudden because our our chosen mean the the chosen industry is so small it doesn't take that much to have a voice and so comic book criticism is not a huge bar to ascend to but the thing is it evens out because the the comic book critics that are out there people will gravitate to the good ones people love vince on this show because he can he can talk about art in ways that people want to be able to to articulate it and that's a big i think that's very true i I don't think that's true at all i think i think that's absolutely no 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 i think you are as equipped as i i'm not saying i'm not as equipped i'm saying that people gravitate to you okay what be that as it may hold on because you are able to articulate the way that they feel about a lot of art i think that people gravitate to jason because he articulates a lot of ways that people feel about the industry i think that people gravitate to david in because he articulates because he (laughs) articulates the 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 nerdy uh, minutia that that we all carry in our brains so i think that that all, it, it comes back to to critics all voice a certain opinion and have a certain focus and people will will gravitate to that you know it's like people on cbr love hannibal taboo i think he whoever that person is i i do not like them because yeah. that you don't like a, their Style I, I of reviews, yeah. of writing reviews. Right. Yeah, thank you. Okay, it's yeah. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the way that that person presents the material. Okay, and so whenever you come to to comic book criticism, 
what you have to understand is that that is just one person's point of view and they're coming at it from whatever way they are best equipped to critique that art. No one critiques the art. No one critiques the work better than the craftsman. If you want to get a good critique of a piece of work, you go to the person that created it. Declan Shalvey will give you the best critique of his art of anyone. Gabriel Hardman will do the same of his work. So if you're really looking for criticism of of the work, go to the person that created it. Wow. I I do not agree with that at you all. You don't agree with that? They could they do not control when, whenever the Whenever you, you you as a designer and an artist, you can't look like 6 months down the line, you look at something that you created are you telling me that you can't critique it better than anybody else? No, because it's almost impossible to be objective about your own work. Yeah, I'm kind of with Vince uh, on that one. I don't know, man. I th- I think artists are. I think artists often hate their. Own I work. have I have done yeah, drawings. And they will give you, and therefore they will give you the biggest critique of it. Yeah, but I have they, done drawings that I thought were the most magnificent drawing of which I, then I was currently capable of doing, and I have been savaged by uh, instructors more knowledgeable than myself. And every little mistake, well, they perceived that I made, every inconsistency, everything that just didn't look right, didn't work within the drawing, they pointed out, and damn it, if they weren't right. Yeah. You know? So, no, I'm not saying saying you're wrong. I just don't agree with it. But that doesn't mean you are wrong. You know what I mean? Just because I say I don't, who gives a shit? But what no, I'm saying is, no, no, let me wh- say, I think that the artists are the harshest critics of their own work. Right. But when you say, I, you know, I can't get this thing out of my head. Where you say you, you know, you, you don't critique art as well as I do. You have everything I that I have. It, I critique it differently. Right. You have a pair of functioning eyes and a functioning brain, and a. a, a, a emotional state you have an uh, you know what i mean you you can, I, you can we're, perceive we're, things we, so we we critique our art differently i think that you know sometimes we see um cert, we, we see some artists on on a on a more similar level um, right. but yeah but, i mean no, i think that you know, it's taste man it's subjective right do you, do you shop for clothes sure, yes absolutely. of course you do everybody does right when, when you put on a shirt or a pair of pants and you look at yourself in the mirror what do you think hmm you know this so color. This color. Answer that. No, this color's not working on me. I don't like the cut. So, this collar. No, this collar. <laughs> this collar's nasty. Uh-huh. I don't like the way the sleeves lay. You know what I mean? Right. There's a fold here that I'm not digging. It's the yeah. same with art. You look at a page of art and you say, "How the hell does this make me feel?" These lines here. Wow, they're raggedy. That that makes me nervous. It makes me a little off kilter. And the panels, they're all they're not square. They're all well, I think jagged shapes and shit. Here, you know what I mean? Like how does it make you feel? That's all you gotta answer, and you're not wrong. This is where I want to tie this back to this conversation that the artists were saying, which is that um what you're getting at though, and what I think Chris is alluding to, and I, I think he's actually right, is that you have flexed those muscles. Like you have found a comfort level in in, it's different between evaluating art and being able to express your evaluation of it. Yeah, he just you're uses very different good words. At expressing your evaluation of it. No okay. one's saying other people, but, but, and I think that's something you're very good at. You give, you put a lot of effort into choosing your words carefully when it comes to the art. What the artists were basically saying, and I, I can see their point, is that in a lot of criticism today, or reviews, or what have you, um, the art is treated almost just like a byproduct of the fact that comics are drawn. That's nuts, yeah. right? And, yep. and, but that is, they're right, and I see their expression, and it's like the, the 90% of the reviews that they 
there are this is what happened in the story and I think it's a good idea they and, and it's and they critique the story I don't think Superman would have done that I don't think this should have happened I don't know why they did this and the art is almost like oh and then by the way the art made it a little bit better or made it a little bit worse yeah and, I agree and they with were that like that that well, is shitty to them because again you can like or dislike their art and 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 in fact every one of them to a man was like listen I mean I have no problem with anyone telling me that you know um you know that they don't like my style. That's 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 preferential. And and then and it's their point. Like, but there really are very valid criticisms of art as a sequential storyteller. You can talk about perspective. You can talk about um, you know movement. You can talk about pacing. You can talk about panel layout. You can talk about you know uh, you can talk about structure and form. You can talk about um, you know the logic of you know physics and anatomy. Like these are all there's there's a hundred different ways you can approach the visual aspects of comics and speak to them. Right. And but you and can again, talk about that stuff and not know that you're talking about it. Right, and that's what and that's what um that was the point that uh, that that uh, the guys were making. At, at, at eventually, they were like, you know, you by simply discussing the book beyond the plot. You are inherently evaluating the art in ways you're not even realizing. Sure. Yes. You just sure. focus on the art. And you, I mean, sorry, when you just focus on the plot, it really sort of does make, beg the question of why are you reading comics then, right? Like, yeah. it's not, like, why not just read books? And, you know, you know one I mean? of the things that really ticks me off, even by some of the best uh, out there in terms of evaluating art, one thing that a lot of people overlook they focus on the drawing ability. They'll focus on the style of line. They'll focus on whether, you know, how their tastes as far as realistic rendering goes. Almost all of them gloss over design. And that is the most important. Like, if yep. you, you cannot, and, and all those guys are heavy hitters in terms of design. Hardman, Pitara. Look, look at Jim Chung with this Infinity gig he's got going on it would be nowhere near as successful if those characters weren't as well designed as they were and that's the right. hardest damn part you can draw a tree all right great anybody like even the even the best renderer on the planet can draw a tree and make it look realistic and beautiful blah blah, blah. draw an alien and make it look convincing I mean, in terms of power or if, if yeah. it's, you know what I mean? Like armor, just skin, muscle structure, bones, just it, 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 how far away from our take on reality this thing is and make it look believable. That's all design. That just doesn't, I mean, it's, it's not, doesn't come with laying the line down. It yeah, comes it with thinking. World builder. It comes, in case, come no, it comes with thinking about what you're drawing. You it, know? It's funny, you know, ta talking about the, the whole art of criticism. And now I'm going to Vince. You can tune out for just a second. Talk about uh, baseball. I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading uh, the Baseball Prospectus uh, Between the Lines book right now, which is about um, there. There are a couple chapters in there about being a baseball scout, and it talks about scouting players. And you know, you can look at you can look at a player like Bryce Harper, who plays for Washington, is a phenom, and. Jason and David and Vince and I can all go to a baseball game and we can watch Bryce Harper play and and then we can go out to a bar afterwards and and have a beer and say fuck Bryce Harper is awesome what a baseball player right and we can all talk mm -hmm. about oh and he made this catch and boy he just man just mashed that ball and and the way he runs around the bases it's just beautiful he, we can all as baseball fans or comic book fans talk about what we like about a player and or an artist and and 
and and make that a a topic of discussion but like a baseball scout or quote unquote a critic it gets into how you grade a player out and it actually it actually lays that out and in how you how you grade their throwing arm how you grade their ability to to hit and to field and to run and 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 really dissect that and so there are there are comic book critics out there that are like baseball scouts where they will they will dissect you know the uh, storytelling you know the you know the the draftsmanship and, and you go down the line and say you know these are the things that you know that make this artist what he is and it's all stuff that we kind of like instinctually soak up whenever we read it which it's a fucking entertainment medium so that's it it should it's not it's not a fucking social studies class i mean we're we're all reading this to have fun with it and enjoy ourselves but as far as like the critiquing of it yeah there's 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 a skill to critiquing art there's a skill to critiquing the writing and and you know but just because we're fans i mean you can be a fan of baseball without being a baseball scout but if you want to say, yeah, I'm going to write about this, I'm going to critique it, I'm going to, I'm going to dissect this stuff, then, yeah, there's, there's, there's a learning curve. And I've been doing, I've been on that learning curve for seven years from, <laughs> uh, from a perspective of talking about it. And I'm just now, after seven years, getting to the point that I almost feel comfortable talking about it. You know, Just say but, what you feel. Yeah, but like baseball, baseball scouts, they can be doing it for 20 years and, and not be like full fledged, you know, senior baseball scouts. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's cool stuff and it takes time to learn about it. So, you know, yeah. much, I, I think it takes as much time to learn about critiquing it as it does learning how to fucking do it. Yeah, I think the baseball scouting thing, Intuition aside, because you got to know a good player when you see him, right? But that's well, besides yeah, the point. No, you have to be taught to know a good player whenever. Right, you see but him. It, part of it's instinct, right? What, what's well, what's the difference between between a three hundred hitter and and a two fifty hitter? Fifty. <laughs> no, but a, what, couple, a couple hits a week, right? But what I, what I'm saying is a couple hits a week. Do you know, the and, baseball and, scouting and is not yeah. as subjective. I mean, a strike is a strike. No, you know what I mean? True. That's true. And and a guy that that consistently hits, consistently hits. You know, I mean, he can have, he can have a bad year, but I mean, but talking about art is way more subjective. But it well, all, yeah, it all comes down to what the, the hell point. you feel. Yeah, that's the don't point be afraid. Of, I think right, but that's again the point of the conversation, and I think really was at the heart of Declan's point that fostered the the great talk they had was that the the subjective part of art criticism is what it is it's subjective and 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 that's simply as simple as saying i don't like that guy's art right and and that's always going to be subjective and and no and no artist is ever going to hear criticism and feel great about it and and you know they're going to feel good when they read someone say hey they love the art but that's not what he was talking about he was talking about again the form of comic book storytelling right and that is inherently the art is is as much if not the bigger portion of that than script and yet people either because they're lazy or misinformed or just not um you know not uh, practiced in it really drop the ball on that part of it you know that you can you can com you can speak to the art in a very thoughtful way without even mentioning whether or not you like the person's art style very that's true. not that's a totally different thing mm -hmm. you know and you yep. should be and if you're going to convey if you're going to weigh in on a comic book story 
you darn sure should be able to express yourself about what it is about the uh, visuals that you do or do not like. Right. You know what I mean? And, show, uh, show somebody not schooled in art a Sienkiewicz, and I bet you as many people that mm-hmm. praise it, uh, there are as many that would think it was yeah. very, very sloppy. But 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 the thing is because they don't Jason, know. But, and what Jason is going to is that you know whether you like Sienkiewicz's really you know wacky. Um, wacky art style, you should always be able to follow the story. Oh, and true. so I, I can look at, you know, the tightest of, of draftsmen, you know, it's, I, I can, you know, I can read a Jim Lee comic and it's, everything is beautifully rendered. If I get lost in the page layout right. and I don't know where to go and I read a panel out of sequence or I turn a page and something doesn't make sense um, sequentially, then, then there's been a, a, a breakdown in that art mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the ability of the draftsman or with the very subjective style in which the, the artist is, is rendering the, the images. Um, there, I mean, this is a storytelling medium, and if you're not able to tell a story, then, then something's wrong, or right. if, or if you tell a story very well, something is right. It's. I think I misunderstood it, you. But I mean, is that am I am I saying that right, Jason? No, is that no you you account? said that if you get lost in the in the storytelling, mm-hmm. that it's not Jim Lee's fault. No, it is. Oh, okay, yeah, it's completely his fault because yeah, he he's he's yeah. he's driving the bus. If you can't yeah, you, you, make yeah, sense you, out of a panel. You, be the best draftsman in the world you can you can you can draw forms very clear right. where everyone can see exactly what's going on if i get lost in the action or panels don't lead to the correct place then there's a failure right. or if you're if you're Sienkiewicz on his most like drug addled inky <laughs> drippy gooey day where nobody looks like anything in any panel but i follow the story correctly then that is more successful than than the other there you go yeah 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 Yeah. i mean and again i i I just think there's there's um it's just a a reminder that that i think you know we we should always strive to uh treat these kind of things with respect but also um, and David's the best at this because we always joke about him, sort of, when, you know, mentioning who the inkers are and who the, the colors are. But but there's a lot of truth to that, right? Like the the I mean, the work that we value, uh, or in Vince's earlier review, this disvalue, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, is driven by the combination of multiple people, you know, and yeah. uh, and yet all it's all too easy and uh, you know to sort of just uh, treat it as if it's like you know the the uh, the byproduct of 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 one person. Right. This is than, this you know, is not a biogenesis applied to sequential storytelling. This stuff just doesn't pop out from nowhere. People make this, right? Mm-hmm. So you should uh, take every opportunity to make others and aware of the people that made the thing you're talking about. You know, and what I would say to the artists out there, and hopefully they already know this, is that you know, first of all, make yourself happy. If you're happy with your art, that's really that's really all that needs to happen. And then the people that you respect, their opinions, if they like your art, that that's probably the highest compliment because you know what most people out there looking at your stuff 
don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's the hardest thing to do, though, to be pleased with your 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 creations. It's tough, man. It's it's. I mean, man. you know, you taking photographs is the same thing. How many shots? You know, ah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's hard. People, people want to be spoon fed what what they should and shouldn't like, and you know, we're, we're yeah, that's talking, a whole another discussion. Well, yeah. it's a whole other discussion. So you know, be happy with your art, and then the people who you respect their opinion. If they are happy with your art or your creation, then feel validated. Man, if you start looking for for uh, praise from the masses, that's a dangerous, dangerous fucking rope to walk on. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it tough. is. It's tough. Because honestly, because most people, most people are much more concerned about about Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter gyrating on Alan Thicke's son yeah. than, than what the, the art of, you know, Astonishing X-Men looks like. So, you know, take that into account. It's true. But then again, you know, we don't live in a vacuum. I, I've tried, believe me, to, to pull myself <laughs> away from, from everyone. And a little bit of accolades go a long, long, long way, especially when you're not used to getting them all the time. So, you know, just uh, go with your gut. If if you look at a page and it makes you feel a certain way, that's the way it makes you feel. That's com- You're completely right in your assessment of that book. You don't have to know anatomy, perspective, uh, the, 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 the fundamentals of design. You don't have to know any of that stuff. What does this panel make you feel like? Wow, I'm scared. I'm looking at this and it's dark and there's a thing coming out of the ground and it's all the lines of the panel are all askew and jaggedy and it just makes me feel cold and scared and, and alone and i'm i'm just i just want to be held there you go <laughs> just talk oh, about please. that why not yeah. get, go with what you feel you're not wrong yeah and, and I, I think people uh, the people that create it will be uh tickled pink to hear your assessment of their work if it's that strong yeah so let's talk about particular comic books why don't we? Why don't David's we? I want, I want to hear David. Yeah. No, David apparently has no views on the... Uh, well, I thought you guys tag-teamed on something. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, he's backing up the bus. <laughs> no, he has no views. I, well, I, I'm i not going to step on anybody's toes. I mean, I'm going to leave that for Chris tonight. So Whoa, it's just, that's true. <laughs> I, see, I didn't... Christopher, I didn't dig at you once. All right. You just remember that. No, I didn't. Uh, the, 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 um, I... There's really not much I can add to that. It's and and without ruining what you guys are saying, it, it, I just I dislike not seeing everybody's names. I, I it, it, yeah, you know, it's it's oh yeah, he knows the anchors and shit. No, it, it's just because I like I've been saying for years, and, and what Vince said earlier, you know, giving credit where it's due and if and 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 it's also it also has to do with history for me you know if 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 you know who did who worked on things you enjoyed then i just i i feel that it's that you could either be saying that that's paying it forward that's you know showing respect it's just i just it it is common courtesy so no i don't and as as chris was saying too because there's you know there have been big events i mean i i remember um towards the end of of infinite crisis and and vince and i were talking about this uh, on a podcast and and i completely missed something pretty important which basically kind of also set up um 
52, which, you know, the world without the big three. And, and it happened, you know, within a couple of panels and I completely missed it. And other people seem to have gotten it and that's great, but I didn't follow along as well. So I, I definitely hear where Chris is coming from as far as, you know, if, if you're, if you're, and I dislike, you know, fight scenes that are choreographed poorly because if I'm trying to follow along and you know and someone's doing a kick and then a punch and then but it's like all of a sudden it's like the dude need him in the chest and and the guy's you know holding his head and he's knocked out it's like well the, <laughs> you missed something so I don't I like it when my comics are a uh, clarity there's clarity but when there's when there's a marriage between the words and the pictures and then even if even if there are no words but because the the writer was suggesting or telling the artist what to do um it when everything meshes and and yeah things things work well together and and i that's what i look forward i I don't i don't want i think we're past the days of of the text heavy claremont issues where he had to tell you everything that happened on the page when you had vernon austin or or Paul Smith or John Romita Jr. and and they were drawing exactly what Claremont was saying was happening. It's, why do I need to read it if I'm also seeing it? So when I can, when I'm not, when my hand isn't being held every step of the way and I'm not being hit over the head as to what's happening, I really do appreciate and I'll I'll praise really good comics. There are other comics that are serviceable or workman like and, and and they'll get a pass just because you know they move the story along but if if they if everybody is firing on all cylinders i i love seeing that yeah well i mean even the best of the best alan moore he did not draw swamp thing or watchman or right. v, v for vendetta you know if it wasn't for the talented folks uh, under his direction, those books would never have been as successful. And those are good examples of how uh, artistically. we're all guilty of these things, you know? I mean, because I'm definitely guilty when I, I refer to those books as, I refer to them as Alan Moore. You know what I mean? Like, I rarely say right. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbon. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, and that's a guilt, that's, I'm guilty of that. It's, sure. I, I, I should, mean, but I do it. You know? Without Rick Veach, Alan Moore would not have, not be as big as he is because Swamp Thing would have been unsuccessful, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Had to get a V shot in for my boy Jason. <laughs> All right, now All I want right. to hear David talk about specific comics. Yeah, oh, there was. It, there's been a. Um, I've been kind of going all over the place. I um, I was trying to. I caught up on uh, Captain America. I caught up on. Me too. Um, now, what did you think of? Of that last issue of, of leaving Dimension Z. <sighs> hmm. Huh. Um, what did I think of it? I thought that. Um. Huh, um <laughs> I, okay. Well, for okay. So so first of all, let's uh, just in, in keeping with the uh, with the, with the trend here tonight. Let me say that uh, I'm very much enjoying Romita Junior. on the the book. Um. Well, that is over. That's over now. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I know. Um, but I had to get to that because I was about to talk about Remender's choices, and I, I uh, and, and but but okay. So so I I am not a huge fan of the decisions with Sharon Carter because while I guess I shouldn't be surprised at what's happened, I feel like 
it's like Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown. At, at, and at we've no seen point. it so many times. And at, like the whole point of the story was that Remender was taking us to a place we hadn't been with Cap, at least right, in a long, right. long time. And we kind of ended up, and I know you, I mean, I can already hear Chris getting ready to say that's the point of corporate comics. You sort of put all the things back in place after you're done with your toys. And he's right, but I, I, I guess I just didn't want to feel like it was such a, I felt like it was like a big thud, like, all right, back to status quo. But were they really? Because, I mean, I, I'm looking at Cap's reaction and, and even in, in the letters page, it's, the name of the story is Man Further Out of Time. So I don't think they're back where Steve got on the train. And, okay. and, well, and I was thinking more along the lines of like the dynamic with with Sharon. That's all. Just that, see, and, I, and okay. he's not going to marry Sharon, and and she's responsible for his heartache. And you know, we we obviously she. I mean, Sharon killed. Spoilers. I mean, Sharon killed Steve, right? Not that many years ago. It wasn't it was only five or six years That's ago? That's true. Yeah. Right? See, you and know, I, now okay, when I think of her that, fault. right? But it's it's not. I, it's weird for me. I even when she showed up. Towards the end of this storyline, I, I didn't, and and it, this is me because of of my relationship with this character. I that didn't feel like Sharon to me. Mm. As I'm reading it, it just it I, whether it's you know it was a sprawl. It well it could be you know, but it was just it <laughs> just was one of those things that you know was the Ed Infinity tie-in. But it, it was it. I don't know what just because of how she how she was behaving. You know her actions. In, in these last couple of issues, I, I didn't. Um, and, and so she, you know, the whole thing kind of felt a little, a little funny. With uh, you know, well, I was just you know, I've been ten minutes behind you the whole time, and and things were just I don't know. It 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 just. I don't think I thought the last couple of pages were awesome. The epilogue, I thought that was neat. Um, but as far as Sharon goes, I don't know if. Um, I don't. I'm not really buying it. Is what I'm saying. I, I think a lot of writers have, in this respect, in the, in the Sharon Carter respect, have mishandled Cap, because if you are a commander in charge of, you know, soldiers, and and these are the people, you know, you're sending into battle, so you have to be a pretty damn good judge of character, because you're not going to send someone that constantly mishandles. A situation or lacks the courage to do the right thing into a, a sticky situation. You got to read people fairly well. Cap has never read Sharon Carter the right way. I no. mean, she has double crossed him so many times over Bring the years. Back Bernie. No, you, you would think that at, at, at this late in the game that he would have a pretty good handle on her character, right? And almost mm-hmm. expect it at this point. I, 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 the, the whole Sharon Carter thing in Dimension Z, I think that aspect of the story is really unsuccessful. Um, I, I, I think it was, um, a tool to end the, the arc. To get us where we on an, to on an exclamation point, you know, like, right. dang, you know, here's this big, this is going to have resonance now in the, in the Captain America world where I think if it was really Cap, he would have read her a long time ago, and I would have liked, I mean, you know, as far as the way they write him these days, he probably wouldn't have done this. But I would have liked to have seen, um, you know, 
uh, a tenuous situation between somebody, her and him, where she was put into a position where he was going to get out and she wasn't. I would have had him look at her and then just montage of all the times she kicked him in the balls over the years mm-hmm. and him and him just just look her in the eye turn around and walk away just leave yeah. leave her there that would have been a, an exclamation point you know because that's a no-nonsense cap that's a cap who's learned from his mistakes you know fool me once shame on you shoot fool me twice that's my fault right. and i, I would have just abandoned that woman there and not look back that would have right. been that would have been the ending you know what I mean? He's learned. He's changed. Now, the way it is now, he's just the same old cap. Grieving over somebody who, who, uh, yeah, did him, did him wrong many, many, many times. You know? But that's just me. I'm a cold hearted bastard. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's grieving to begin with, right? Now, with, with this demise on his, you know, he's got, he's, he's broken again. I, I how could you not be? To lose two people, right? Right, yeah, Definitely. especially, yeah. I mean, Ian was a big part of it for, for through most of it. And yeah, I, I, th- I still think it's a great story, but I, I and and for the most part, I think the, the creative team stuck the landing, but mm-hmm. the knees buckled a little bit. So it's not a perfect score. Well, if I, yeah, right. I mean, if I have to look at, you know, who, who did the best um, 10, 11, 12 issues, as far as Marvel now, I, I'd have to go with Aaron Ribic and and guys as far as you know doing for real the the, the whole God Butcher and God Bomb yeah. art and it because yeah. that that ended um, spectacularly yeah. and the um, big time. Before I get into Thor, what I what I do enjoy what what I think is is unique about Remender and companies Remender and 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 Ramita and and Jansen and White and. Hannah and everybody else who worked on it. The, um, the well, makes you know, I don't know now you're watching everything. Uh, yeah, seriously. And the guy uh, that put the staples in the machine that and, bound the damn thing. And the dude of comicsology who put it on my iPad. <laughs> the, uh, uh-huh. But this was, this doesn't tie into Infinity. It doesn't tie into the Avengers. You don't know when, aside from Sharon Carter, you really don't know when in Captain America's history that this story is is taking place it it really is it's one of those standalone timeless can be told yeah it's cool time yeah america stories i i really do i dig that i appreciate that a lot um the the recent issue of thor god of thunder and i i I won't go too much into it because chris hasn't caught up um completely caught up oh Oh, you did okay so you read the recent issue by by nick klein 12 i think so (laughs) probably yeah okay yeah um the, 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 uh, right. It's alright, nice, yeah, okay. Well, it's alright. Uh, it was. Uh, I have opinions on it. We can I talk have, about that. I, I have. I, I. There have. There's been almost in every issue um, a panel, at least one panel, where I. I have a chuckle, whether it's whether it's Thor and his his granddaughters, or whether it's it's Thor and the nuns. There are there are times just about every Thor God of Thunder issue. That was that was the most Spider Man issue of Thor I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it kind of was, yeah, because it was kind of was. It was it, well, you know, it was the many. It was fifty first dates with Thor. It was yeah. It was <laughs> if. If it, it was, it was a, the it was the quintessential it was Thor's issue of we just got 
off of a huge story, and now we're going to walk Thor around and show what a good guy he is. Issue. And you know what? That's okay. I'm all right with that. There was absolutely nothing original about that story. I don't... I I was a little... I haven't seen Jane Foster in a while, so that... And now she has cancer. Hey! What? I didn't read that one yet. You know what? Now, now, whenever you read it, you'll be like, oh, wow, Jane has cancer. Shit. That's not nice, Christopher. What? At least get some spoiler warnings, dude. Spoiler. Foster has cancer. Rewind and don't hear it again. Oh, not Ed. Yeah. Right now we have listeners giving us two star ratings. <laughs> oh God, I'm fucking. They have thrown down their iPhone. Um, yeah, I, that felt. That, That's I'm, big doing, it, though. Honestly, they played the C card. You well, know, it's like because like, that I was reading at once today. I had a nice little plate of sushi, and I'm. I had sushi today too. I know. Sushi. A wonderful lunch on a, on a Wednesday, and I'm reading. It's like I'm like, oh, what a, what a really hokey Spider-Man story we have here in the pages of Thor after this awesome eleven issues of Carnage. Oh, I gotta read this now. God butchering that was just it was a palate. This issue was totally a palate cleanser. It's like now Thor's going back. <laughs> he is being the benevolent god of 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 thunder, and he's going and showing everything that you know you know. To humanity, that he needs to do. nothing like a nice bucket of cancer to cleanse the power. See, Vince, you can relate to this issue. I can. Oh, this is such a Stanley issue, and then it's like there is cancer-ridden Jane Foster, and I'm like, and then you got to throw the cancer card and make me feel like an asshole. Okay, Thanks. So the, the they should they should put pickles. Have her eat lots of pickles. Because uh, here's some some very valuable uh, real world data for you. When, when I was going uh, through the chemo, I devoured pickles because they're the only thing. Some of the only things I could taste. Oh wow! Yeah, because of the garlic. Yeah, really salty and very garlicky, and you know the whole brine thing. Yeah. Is that why you went to? Uh, that's why you uh, went to Glory Holes every weekend. That's week? right, because I just continued the pickle suckage. Yeah. That's right, dude. You know me. Nice. <laughs> Why oh, the spoilers? But yeah, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> but now I'm gonna read that. I have it. I had a conversation this weekend where where some people in the in the at the party I was at didn't know what a glory hole was. No so kidding. Explain it to them. Oh. <laughs> Which then led to people asking, "How do you know what a glory hole is?" Well, Say my buddy there to, to help them out because I'm learned, bitches. Yeah. Oh, by the, by the way, the I'm man about the first I'm the first man. I, I know many things. The first 11, and we've talked about it before, um, the first 11 issues of Jason Aaron's Thor, God of Thunder, they are Simonson-esque yep. in, in how awesome they are. For real. That's the absolute truth. Absolutely. It's, did you ever think it was possible? I mean, it's... I mean, it the, took a long fucking time. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. My, the fact that I have oh, seen Jason Aaron is the greatest writer of his generation for several years now. Yeah, I gotta give you that. Hey, and hey, to go back on our on our previous discussion, um, Ribic is a fucking animal. Yeah, he's oh, amazing. No I think Ribic was the perfect pairing with with Aaron for this. It. I think he. I think he's actually the uh, the straw that stirs the drink on that. the The story is great, very original. It's it's it is a 
a story befitting a thunder god. Yep. But it's it's Rivik. Being able to convey the three different Thors all at once and have you be able to easily tell two and 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 uh, and that really is great marriage, right? Because visually they're obviously different, Mm -hmm. but their mannerisms are different. Their sizes are different. Um, they, Just they the scope of, of his, Rubik's art, drawing. His art feels IMAX. His, he's feels the IMAX of of, feels of majestic. Oh my it's god! The, yeah, yeah. He's drawn. His Thor is of the scope and quality of what many people wrongly credit uh, Epting for in the Ultimates. Widescreen. Yeah. 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 You know, you right. know what his art feels like. Honestly, every page feels like it's a a Renaissance painting that's been, you know, the storytelling Renaissance paintings that's like ripped from a, a wall and put into a into a book. Yeah. Everything feels epic, and there's there's a grandeur. He, I mean, he's the perfect Thor. Artist. That's yeah, that's macro. Every, but even it, even on the micro level, how many times have you? seen the drawings of the girls and you know felt dirty you know yeah. what i mean he oh, yeah. the curves and it's, it's, it's amazing but what's awesome about it is that it's not really an an asgardian tale it's a it's it's thor cosmic it's it is a it's a it's a space opera yeah and he was able to make that feel very very you know, epic in in a very old way. So that that they, I mean, because honestly, the the whole Thor series has been has been a big space epic. I mean, it's a sci fi story, yeah. and and but but it feels very godly. So yeah, that, it's it's pretty funny. Awesome. I think you nailed the reason why Infinity is working with me as opposed to the stuff at the Distinguished Competition because the, the scope of infinity is unlimited i mean you have mm-hmm. fleets of entire worlds fighting in space it doesn't get any bigger than space right and it's it's incredibly smart as a business proposition because what movie do they have coming up and you can make damn sure that you're going to oh, see you the guardians of the galaxy you don't in this think thing. that's part of the fucking strategy oh i'm sure it is but what i'm saying is that i mean that's just wise that's just good decision making right so yep. you, 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 you you do know that like you know three seconds after the avengers movie you know first uh um first came to theaters that infinity gauntlet sold out every oh i know right? but yeah and that's what i'm saying look at the last five minutes of the avengers movie which made a billion dollars it does not look too far removed from the stuff we're seeing in infinity it's just smart it, it's it's smart business decisions but it's also very smart from an artistic standpoint because mm. you, you, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not criticizing that no. I'm, I'm actually use it but tell good stories which is what they're doing they're they are they're leveraging uh, their biggest marketing tool in well ever and and <laughs> telling good stories with it so hey that's what you're supposed to fucking do right but then know, but then look at what they're doing across the street where our infinity, the sky, well, not only the sky's the limit, way beyond the sky. There is, there is no limits to what they can do with infinity. It, it's, it's the entire universe is, is the canvas on which this story is, is being painted. And then you go across the street and they're hinging everything on Dick Grayson. Does, <laughs> wh- wow. Does, I know, yeah. seriously, I like Nightwing as a character. I really do. Sure. But the, the fandom, as a as a as an entity, do they really care? 
I no. mean, it, you know what I mean? If you wanted to to well, deal do. yourself well, a winning hand, make it Batman. Like, I get where you're coming from on that front. Like, I know what you're saying, and I, I tend to be in your camp on that. That said, though, if I'm playing devil's advocate, okay, like how I love when you we do don't that. have to go too we don't have to go too far back for people to be ripping the idea of making movies about Iron Man and Thor and who would ever give a fuck about those characters that they never sold their own comics and they've always only been complimentary characters in team books and can't carry their own books. It's true. And You're right, but so and, and I'll pay what double. What I'm saying is, is that the, 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 ultimately the quality of the product dictates that. You sure. I mean, like, so... Yep. So and and, and, and not, I, not only the product right, but the creators of the products. Whereas right. you so, you well, had that, Iron Man, product, which so. which we yeah, all the, will the agree, we all will agree. The reason why the Iron Man movies are so successful is not because of the damn stories. That's part of it. But the reason why Iron Man are one at the box office was because of the actor that played Iron Man. Yep. If they, if they if Robert Downey was not as savvy and as um capable as he surprisingly uh well no not surprisingly natural born killers he's great in that you know he's a he's a he's a really good actor and he sold that character whereas for the for nightwing to be sold that's in the hands of the writer and the creative team when 50 percent of the the team creating this book is 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 working well and you know the 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 dude that's writing the story is slipping up and and seriously uh, that's what happened in number one. There, there, really, there's a there's a part in, um, and I'll, I'll give Keith Giffen some more props because I love him. There's there's uh, in at the end of Threshold, the entire series becomes meta. The you know that game that was going on the the hunted on on the planet. There the game has been canceled, and they take that cancellation and they they uh, use it. You know, tongue in cheek, that the book's being canceled, and and Giffen runs with it. And there's a fight scene uh, early on in the, in the last issue, and you can see somebody in the background saying, "That's the whole fight scene. We only have a certain amount of pages to hook these guys. That didn't do it." You know, so he's he's being very very funny, very you know, tongue in cheek about producing these things to attract an audience. Where if a scene doesn't doesn't grab the 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 viewer, you only have one chance. If Forever Evil number one is their one chance, they've lost it. Because th- that book is not going to grab anyone. You know what I mean? That's sure. what I'm saying. So if, if the guy, if the people that produce the stuff aren't shoring up all their defenses, you know, against failure, then it's not going to succeed. It's just, it's not. Like Robert Downey. I lost my train of thought towards the end of that and I kind of flubbed it. But that's okay. You know where I'm going. <laughs> no, that's surprising. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Um, David, we're going to hit this tag team? Wait, Chris hasn't talked about any books yet. Chris, you go ahead. Right. What? Yeah, you talk. Because you, you know, know what? I'm looking at the clock, and you're going to be bowing out pretty soon. You can talk about your books, because maybe I'll finish it by the time we do get to talk about it. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, let me see here. I'm Wait, you just talked about Thor, actually, so. Exactly. Not much. Oh, oh, well, oh. He, no. Well, he, yeah, he bitched about Thor. Yeah, that's right. not bitch about Thor. I, <laughs> I bitched about Thor by saying that the first fucking eleven issues were probably Simon esque in in how awesome. Bitched about the last latest Thor issue. That's okay. Speaking of Simon, he's being honest, Simon David. Simonson. That's what, what we want. What did you think of uh, the Hulk issues with Simonson versus the ah, Hulk issues with you? Who are you talking to? Who are you directing this question to? A- anyone that's read them. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be the, the the positive dude and say I thought they were great. 
I thought Simonson, although a little more cartoony than usual, was True. was was very his work was very pleasing to my eye. I liked it a lot. From the from did, the did you get- the Frost Giants to to seeing Thor rendered by mm-hmm. Simonson again. I, I was I was happy we got to see old school Thor. Yeah, not not, yeah. not the new armored Thor. Right. I thought it was right. it was it was loose and cartoony and and very gestural in spots, but I loved it. I thought it was. But great. it also hit some of those old school um, heroes meet and and art comfortable with each other moments. Yeah, that's, that, that we yeah, haven't seen that's cool. in a while. So that's I cool. I I overall I I thought it was great. It. it it wasn't like it wasn't as tight as as I'm used to seeing by Simonson. When I think of Simonson, when I recall his old Thor work, but I um, I knew it was Simonson. I was it, maybe it was rose colored glasses, but I really I enjoyed it because I got to see it again, and and it it um, I probably enjoyed it more because of where I was when I first experienced. Simonson's Thor. So I and and yeah, it's a Hulk book and and it's a Hulk story and it's about Banner and his team. But I'm focusing on the Simonson and Thor aspect of it, and and because of that, I I really liked it. And the only reason why I said I'll be positive was because I remember Jason saying that he was less than enthused about it. No, on a relative basis, right. um, really? I was so blown away by the initial arc. Um, that I just felt like it was this sort of strange juxtaposition to this classic type of storytelling, and it just felt uh, disjointed from the world I felt like was set up by you and Wade in the first arc. You think that's um, the problem, or you had the you know you is incredibly detailed and yeah, I just think it was a it was a stark contradiction in styles. Yeah, because I mean you know I love Simonson. Um, the 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 thing that I it's so bizarre though because um, I don't think I ever realized how much Simonson was or is a um, a factor in uh, Eric Larson's uh, oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I've always thought of Larson as like an homage to Kirby, you know? Kirby like, and right. I know he's a huge Kirby guy but but I never made that leap that, that connection of like Kirby down to the to fucking word Larson. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and I know it's a shame on me because it's, it's pretty obvious it's slapping me in the face after all these years. But but in, it's these issues of the Hulk where I'm like, because I, to your, Vince's point, I think this is a little looser, you know, than this, the Walt that we saw in his heyday. And um, I'm just looking at it and I'm like, this could pretty much be pages on a Savage Dragon. You know, this really yeah. could be. And uh, so it just kind of made me sort of connect the dots and be like, dude, where you been for the last 20 years, you know? Yeah, but, see, fandom has... Um well, the, the people that are left in fandom have really long memories. Uh, when Eric Larson started out, like his Spider-Man work is very detailed. Uh, he was in the image mode. Lots of lines, yeah. lots of cross-hatching, all of very, hair. very sculpted figures, very detailed yeah. in, in all the, the right spots. And then when he, when he developed this, the, his present style on Savage Dragon, just from doing it for a decade and, and more, I think he learned that Less is more. It's it's the 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 less lines you use, the more difficult it is to sell it, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 a testament to the skill of Simonson that he could pull back and get cartoony and and reduce the amount of marks on the page and still produce winning stuff. Because like I said, uh, you could use a hundred lines to draw a uh, a face or use seven, and if you can sell it 
with the seven, man, that's talent. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, guess, guess who the music is for this episode going in? I, could, I can't imagine. Yeezy. No. Yes, I did it for you. No way. I did it for you. I did it for you. Dude, amazing. Yeezy. I I, I have listened. Is that one of the seven dwarves? No. (laughs) I have listened to Yeezus nonstop since you told me about it. Oh, shit. I love it. That's funny. I think it's great. Nice. Yeah. I figured you would. Sonic dissonance. Oh, man. It's grating. There's some parts in there that are nasty loud. Love it. Nice. But anyway. Hey, uh, David. Yes, sir. Super Chunk album's good. You get, we had a homework assignment, did we not? Oh, boy. Oh, shit. What did we... You tag-teamed on something. Oh, yeah, but... I, okay, yes. Yes, is that, we did. Is that where we're going? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, dude, I've, I've had some whiskey. So. Now, did you see my tweet earlier in the week? My cryptic no. tweet? No, that I don't think I did. Fuck, you're going to make me go through it. Uh, I was waiting for you to call me out on it. I tweeted early in the week, like, something to the effect of... Dan, this book's a slog to get through. I hope it picks up soon. <laughs> I did not see oh that. Oh, my goodness. For That's real? awesome. Uh, but that was like 20 pages in. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I can kind of see it's I, – I can agree with that. Uh, what they start that, with? That first chapter? Oh, they start with, uh, with, with Odie's flashback to uh, how he met Van and, and everybody We should else. probably – they don't. They don't. Is, no, is that the is that the pact? Do they start with the pact or, or no? They, I believe they start with the the, the first. The, I don't think they start with the. the oh Marvel my God! Marvel. What are you they reading? Start, they, they start with the <laughs> epic series. They start okay. with the first we issue. We are talking about series. right the first issue, issues one through twelve of the epic Marvel epic series by Jim Starlin, Dreadstar, mm. uh, which uh, which David was kind enough to procure the omnibus and. Uh, and let me uh, borrow it, and we um, the omnibus collects the as I said the first twelve issues of the highly regarded uh, science fiction uh, creator owned work of Dreadstar, and uh, I had never read it uh, in spite of being a lifelong Marvel zombie. So, and had you read it before? David? I read the I read the issue where they go to uh, hang out with um, King Gregor and Z. I remember owning that issue. I think it was the fourth issue. And and mm-hmm. I remember that when I when I got to that chapter in the omnibus, um, the cover looks familiar. And as I'm reading the issue, I'm like, it was just the only issue out of all the Dread Stars, even when he moved to first, that I think I read of Dread Star. So um, that brought back some memories. But um, the the before I, it was it was a lot more. Um, it's more, I guess humorous than I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more serious, a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, heavy. Not as, um, I mean, it's not slapsticky or anything like that, but it's as far as the team and everybody else and them working together, there's special, especially in some of the scenes where, um, where Esquivo and, and, uh, and Odie are taking on some of the bad guys. There are some, uh, jabs, zingers thrown around that uh, that didn't seem out of place, but I wasn't expecting them in the Dreadstar book only because of what I I remember reading about Dreadstar in the 80s and not reading Dreadstar in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, um, okay, so, well, first, I, for people that haven't read the book, I mean, uh, or don't know it, we should say that 
it, it is in all things both good and bad an 80s comic. Um, it is flat. <laughs> you know, the, the colors are very flat. And Read Camelot 3000. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. If you go back and listen to our detailed Camelot 3000 review, I mean, you'll hear similar commentary. Um, so, so the colors are very flat. I think there's not a lot of uh, dimension to the artwork. Um, I think, I think he, Starlin, and again, he's, if, you've, if you're a longtime Marvel fan, you know Starlin's work, but Starlin's a very competent draftsman, but I, I, I found his, his, his work to be very one-dimensional in this. Um, which again, really? is not Yeah, which is not atypical, I think, of 80s comics, I think, if you look back on them. Um, I think it, it, uh, it, it's very, very uh, exposition-heavy, again, just a byproduct of the time, because they pretty much recap every issue in the next issue, um, which, which works... You know, again, if, if you were reading it off the shelves back then, it would have been fine. But now that you're reading it in a collected edition, yeah. it's it's obvious. Again, yeah, not, as, not as any- we've talked about before, there, that was at a time whenever you weren't really guaranteed to get every issue because you would get to the drugstore and they may be sold out, or they may just not have carried it. So you needed that that recap because you may not have read the issue before. Yeah, I think the epic stuff was direct uh, sales only too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So that yeah. was even harder. Yeah. 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 To find and, a comic and, shop. And this is, if I'm not mistaken, the graphic novels came up before this, right? The Marvel graphic novel was it, that. That was that was the uh, that was the pack, and then the uh, yeah. And then the, it's the, the price series. I, I'm stupid. It's the price. Oh right. Yeah. You, you should uh, know that. Yeah, the, I, like right? that's your name. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it wasn't numbers one or four. Of the Marvel graphic novel line, so right, right. I think it was no, three. Happened. Yeah, it was, and, it was definitely the, the premise is this 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 hero Vanth Dreadstar, right? Who's many thousands of years old and kind of looks um, like Jim Starlin back in the day. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. For, for those, you know, kind of looks like um, the dude from Scar Terrace, right? Like it's it, it's like, a very yeah. complex character, you know, like like it's kind of like cross between like Green Arrow and a barbarian. You know, he's got like the hood. And he's got an energy, like scimitar sword type thing, um, you know. And he has kind of he's got the power of ten men, you know, theoretically. So he's super strong. I guess it's like a super soldier type of thing. Um, and he's a human, but he finds himself in the far flung reaches of the galaxy now. And you know, it's in the, in the future where he's in a he's in a place in the universe where uh, basically half the universe is run by a government, the other half is run by a church. And he gets embroiled in this long going ongoing civil war between them and and over quickly recruits a cast of characters, um, including like a a uh, a wizard that 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 has a face that looks exactly like Marvel's De- uh, Deathlock, um, uh, a a a telepath, a blind telepath female named Willow, who literally I couldn't read this book and fully enjoy it because Willow was drawn to look, or vice versa, but exactly like Scarlet from G.I. Joe. I mean... Uh, Holy mackerel. Like Scarlet from, I mean, she's wearing the exact same outfit. She this predates G.I. Joe. It, yeah. Well, then, Hama, need, we need to talk to Hama, then, because this was... It's hard to buy into this chick being a futurist telepath when she's Scarlet. That said, she's Scarlet. Um... I don't care if it came before. She's Scarlet. She's Scarlet. <laughs> trolley guy, uh, you know, who's like a smuggler. He's uh, a big purple pip the troll. Yep, yep. 
Um, but like an interesting there's and there's a cat a cat there's man. Cat man, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and the adventures kind of ensue from there, and it's this weird mix of like there's these to your point, David. Like there's a lot of slapstick in it, but then like there's this weird mix of social commentary sprinkled yes. in. You know, again, and if you remember when it was written, I mean, he he's. I mean, it's not that, to a level of nexus. Right. No. 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 Exactly. If you read the um, like his interviews or back matter, you know, he was very much a. a uh, he's a liberal and a peacenik, and uh, and he he he's you know very anti-war in Vietnam and that sort of thing. And uh, you know he was he, so there's a there's a, a there's like some pretty overt critiques on like nuclear warfare and uh, you know there's there's obviously a very heavy-handed critique of of of, of religion of organized religion. And he you know he disintermediates the idea of having faith versus religion. Um, so there's like a lot of you could definitely you could it's it's there's a lot of interesting things going on in the book, but it's it's really interesting that you just brought up Nexus, David, because my thing I was going to say to you before we we recorded, but I, I I was I didn't get online at time, um, is that it's hard for me I think to truly appreciate this work having never read it before, without comparing it to Nexus, which I find so much more appealing on every level. As I can't disagree with you. I, I would say that it's visually and as far as writing wise, I think that's apples and oranges. But if you get to the core, if, if as to the main character and his band of misfits and what they are trying to accomplish, they are very similar. I can definitely see that. It, it's very hard to see, you know, if if someone says, "Hey, I read Red Star. I dug it. What would I like next?" I would say read Nexus. If someone said I read Nexus, what should I read next? I don't think I'd say, "Oh, you should go check out Dreadstar." Right. Dreadstar is definitely there, and it's something that if you're a Starlin fan, it's it's not exactly covering new ground because the main, the big bad, Lord Lord Papal, looks like looks like Thanos, looks like Gilgamesh II, looks like, I mean, it looks like yeah, totally. every big, looks like Mongol, looks like every big dude Starlin draws. And not and, people. But that's not... Doctrine. Say again? Isn't it Lord Papal, as in, like, papacy, like, papal doctrine? That's, that, yeah. that's what I took from it, yeah. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, that's not a slight against... It, well, it shouldn't be a slight against the book to say that the big bad looks like everything else from Starlin. I mean, that's like critiquing, no, I'm not, I'm not you know what I mean? Like criticizing, criticizing someone from the, for the, the way they speak. Draws right yeah. Now. It's just the way he you know designs. Here's, here's a really interesting offshoot though, about that, because, uh, I know what David's saying and, and you're right, Vince, it's unfair to criticize it. But again, as a consumer of these things, it's hard not to let that factor in. Right. Because again, like I, I view it to being, um, had I read this in the hmm, – how do I say this? When I preface this by saying this is an 80s book in, in all things good and bad, what I mean by that is that the 80s books that I grew up reading, I could reread tonight after we do, we're done recording and have a huge amount of love and appreciation for, right? Sure. But in reading something from the 80s that I have no prior emotional attachment to, all of the things that make that book dated now scream at me. And I'm that way with all media. You know, I can watch – you know the the I can watch kind of uh, like you trying to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> no, exactly. I can watch Jason the Argonauts. You know, with Harry House. 
and love every second of it because I grew up in that, but that has meaning to me, right? Yeah. But I mean, and I know I'm going to get people throwing stuff, but I, Citizen Kane doesn't do much for me. Sure. Because I didn't watch it until I was an adult. And I just, I understand the craft of it, but it just doesn't. I understand that people that, that would read Alien Legion for the first time, like the those original Alien Legion comics, yeah. would not click with them. For right. me, no, exactly. So, so you know, I, I'm a big fan of Strike Force Moratori, and the same thing. I don't expect yeah. anyone that picks up Moratori today to be, you know, be like, "Whoa, right, right." Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is so. So to your point, Vince, you're absolutely right. It's not fair that we should hold against Starlin that Lord Papal looks like a bleached version of Thanos. But he does. And so since I know Starlin mainly from his Marvel cosmic work, I can't help but read this fair or unfair and see it as derivative. And again, I know that's not fair because this was his passion, his creator-owned thing. But as the consumer of it now, I'm like, oh, I've seen this trick from Starlin before. You know what I mean? Just to put it into perspective, um, a different perspective anyway, from from someone who, who bought these as they came out. What was it, 81? 82 around there i i gotta say dreadstar was close to the top of the most exciting book coming out every month right right i mean it was a time where you know there wasn't yeah i mean i think again that's an important context i mean there are like, some things in it. couldn't wait for the next issue to come out Mm-hmm. You know, it it was different. It was exciting. It was yeah. There, there are it, you some know, things that are a little on the, on the cutting edge, or or wow, that's that's different. I haven't yeah. seen that in a comic yet, and yeah. it's. I mean, now, like you say, Jason. I mean, you know, we've seen it, but if if this was new to you and at the time, then no, it's it's it would be a little on the heavy side, and yeah. and I know that um whatever falling like out. When, was, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, for example, like Willow being raped by her dad. Like, is that a like was that a shocking thing at that time? I think it would have been. Yeah, I mean, it started an epic, illustrated if if memory serves. And there were no no punches pulled because no, there was titties in it. There was characters walking around just buck ass naked. You know, we're reading Void Indigo, yeah. But if if um, there's a series, all two issues on a graphic novel, (laughs) love it. for whatever falling out Starlin had with Marvel and Epic, and you know, the the book moved to first comics. Peter David eventually became the writer. Dreadstar had a new look. He, he had more of a of a superhero-y yeah. type Which of outfit. The of this book. Okay, right. But so th- you know, I, don't let them kid you. Dreadstar moved a lot of copies at Marvel because absolutely. no, for them to publish a companion book reprinting the earlier. You know, hard to get sold out issues. That meant that they were selling the things. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it it, it a lot of people were tuned into De- Dreadstar back in the day. Yeah. No, it was because it was it was different. I mean, if if you were if you were at the comic shop and and you know y- your choices in the direct market aside from what you could get on the newsstand were you know Moon Knight, Dazzler. Uh, well, later on it was the Micronauts and things like that, but. Or, or you had to go to the indies, and 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 you had Mage or Cerebus, or or Nexus or Cerebus. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that what with this on the stand next to everything else that was out there, it it would be probably like the New Teen Titans on the newsstand yeah. or, or Candy X Men. It was it, and because it was 
it was creator owned. There's very little editorial interference except to make sure that, you know, things made sense. And they kind of didn't in, uh, the issue with, uh, Chichino or Chichero or whatever, however you wanted to call the city, depending on who was bombing it at the time. For the most part, um, you know, it, it, Stalin had a story to tell. And I think it, I'm, I'm halfway through. I'm, I'm up to chapter seven, so I have a few chapters to go before finishing the first volume. I don't know if Dynamite reprinted the later issues yet, um, but it, it, uh, I'm, I'm trying to put myself. Dynamite has this now? Dynamite reprinted the Omnibus, yeah. Wow, talk about pearls and swine. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Uh, But it's, um, because I haven't pulled the trigger on the American flag digital version yet, but the, um, I'm, I'm trying to put myself when this was, when this was done and, and kind of just, I mean, visually it's, it's hard not to think of, or locking the infinity watch or things like that or or, yep. or infinity gauntlet you know things that that's starting to work on later exactly. on he even has like he is he is like you know um uh small people in this like i don't know the proper i mean you know like midgets but like which, <laughs> like like tip the troll and he has right. like, yeah. like he, like i said the the um the 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 mage looks just like deathlock only he's a mage you know i mean it's like uh, you know the, the thing, i think and and he, and he, he tends to reuse it cuz cuz his you know his, his his name is Darklock, and all I keep thinking of is Darklon the Mystic that Starlin right. did sure. at Pacific, and and so right, he's an amalgam of Deathlock and Darklon, right? Yeah. So it's because yeah, because he is Mystic. I dig his outfit. I dig the all black with the sash, mm-hmm. and I think it's a good look. But it it um, <laughs> they're they're definitely some you know because I thought you know Nightwing mm-hmm. had a cool look with the with the you know the swooping neck, but the the um, I. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Um, there are some things that you know, it's not completely timeless, but I I'm not uh, I'm not reading it thinking that I I'm not hearing you know Reagan on the radio giving a, a State of the Union <laughs> or or wondering you know about anything else that you know, the Rubik's cube shit like that. It, it's just it's it's. I think that I'm I'm liking what Starlin is doing. I, I want to see where it's going. I, like you said, you know, you get through the first issue, and it it definitely is on an upswing from there. Once once you get once the gang is all together, even though right. Evo is kind of inserted there because they just happen to be on that planet where they were trying to load their ship up, and so they you know he kind of tagged along. But uh, you know the 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 band is together. And and they're doing their thing, and you know I really haven't read any part of it, and I and and you know let out a huge guffaw or anything like that. It, it's been it's been enjoyable, and 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 I'm going to see it through the end. It's not like I'm like oh we just talked about it, so now I can sure just, just quietly shuffle it off to the side and read something else. I I'm I'm glad I'm finally reading it. I it, it's not one of those things where holy crap I'm kicking myself for not reading it when it was originally coming out. Right, right, right. But I I, I really have um, I, I have no problems with what Starlin the story Starlin's telling or how he is presenting it. I I, I can't I can't disagree with any of your criticisms, but it's not um, it's not something that I was 
kicking myself trying to get through. Yeah, I mean, I think the important follow-up here on on my initial criticism is that um, after the first issue, uh, the pace not only picks up, but it, it like it goes into hyper hyper you know mode. Like, it, and you juxtapose that against today's comics, which again I think from like a a visual aesthetic, and, and again, this is as much a byproduct of the tools available to artists today as, as they had back then, coloring and, and, and you know that kind of thing. The visual aesthetic today, I think, is incomparable to what, what I'm seeing in Dreadstar. But that said, the thing i got to give Dreadstar credit for, and, and again, this is a byproduct of the time, man, do they pack a lot of story into these 12 yeah. issues. I mean, shit happens. I mean, like, like shit gets real, like... Every few pages, major stuff happens, and you, as a as a modern comic reader, you can read this and say to yourself, like, this would have taken sixty issues yeah. today. And this would have been ten trades, you know. They, they, it's another one where he's not he's not dumbing it down. He's not he's 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 not sugarcoating it. You know, you follow along. You know, it, it was it was put out by Epic, so they weren't selling this to the same kids who were reading Planetary sure. or, or Top Dog, so they wanted to make sure that, you know, you you whether you re- were rewarded or not, but it's as long as you're able to follow along and and see what's in front of you, I think they they do he, did, he does really well I, I'm not a big fan of Dynamite's packaging, uh, you get the um, you get the cover and then there's a little scroll at the bottom that you know tells you writer artist editor it doesn't give you original publication date there are pinups at the end of each issue but it's not like it, it kind of breaks up the flow of of the story uh the covers are there in between the chapters so it's not like a, um, a dc trade where you're reading a straight through and then the covers are at the back this is mm-hmm. it's it's presented here's the first issue here's the second issue but i think it's missing a few things as far as you know i mean if we're gonna follow bring it back to beginning of the episode you know as long as if you're going to package something or reprint something that that came out over 20 years ago i i would think a little bit more um of a nod to the history of, of, of when it was originally published might have been nice but i mean overall just judging it based on the story i i would i would recommend for someone to read red star depending on what else they enjoy it this isn't something that i would say you should definitely read if you enjoy Parker or Infinity, but if if right. knowing your taste, I would definitely give Dreadstar a spin. Well, David, you haven't because I didn't realize that you hadn't finished the uh, the omnibus, but but I will say that there's a an unreal and I in today's day he never could have gotten away with this uh, in the eleventh or twelfth issue. Um, the 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 cat and what's his name? Is it OJ OG OD? How do you say? I, it? I say. Because there's a D in there, so I say Odie. Like yeah. Odie, yeah. Odie gets injured in a battle, so they have to get him uh, to a doctor that can help him uh, fix his leg. And uh, you know they're 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 outlaws, so to you know to get there they have to kind of go undercover. So they go undercover and they get out of their ship to walk into this off on the off to get off this planet to uh, to go find the doctor. And who walks off the fucking ship? But Luke, Leia, Chewbacca, and Han. Yeah. <laughs> so he and did. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and they walk through the like. There's like three or four panels of that, like three or four pages of them just walking off the ship through town to the doctor's office, and then they quote unquote turn their holograms off, and it's them. 
That and I was like, awesome. that is hilarious. I'm like, that's fantastic. In today's litigious world, like, how did that, like I'm shocked that they could reprint that. Like, I would have thought, much like you know, that you know, Spawn can't reprint the you know the, the you know how like I would have yeah. thought into like like Lucas would have been like, you can't you can't reprint that. It's funny you know, that you like, say that because I bought that the Spawn, um, the last Spawn hardcover whenever they re-released that, and it's got all the Cerebus mm-hmm. stuff in there. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. But they had to get permission. It wasn't in a couple of the reprints, and then they, they yeah. got permission. Yeah, yeah. I don't have but, the the reprint. Is issue nine in there? Yeah. Hmm. Probably the last oh time you'll see that. The the game, yeah, the gaming issue is in there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, David, I mean, I definitely, I think, um, you you said it exactly right. I mean, I think that that it's uh, like all things, you you have to know what you're getting into. I mean, if 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 you're not a particular fan of or, or used to reading, you know, comics from from when we were younger, you know, I, I can't know that I would like. I'd have to know what a person's aesthetic is in terms of what they like to read before right. I recommend this. But if you are our age or are comfortable or have read enough, you know, uh, Copper Age comics that you, and you like them, then yeah, I mean, I think I can understand why, particularly in a you know context of when this came out, why it's so well regarded. Um, uh, in spite of its trope, I mean, again, it's but it, it's 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 classically Starlin, which which again is not a bad thing inherently. So it's just again, it's a matter of when you when you sort of are first exposed to you know those tropes, right? It's like um, it's like the people that you know um, I've heard DC guys say that they always thought Marvels was was derivative, right? Even though that it was the you know the the, the first you know the, the first thing that Alex Ross did and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's like whatever you read first is sort of your impression and when you see something that's kind of similar, you're like, ah, I don't know. Um but that's it, if you're asking me to choose between something of that similar era, um I damn sure would recommend Nexus over this every day of the week. Uh both from an artistic standpoint as well as a story standpoint. I think it's more richly developed characters. I think they're more interesting. Um, and I think that Rude's art is just, you know, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I would just have to – and I would actually probably say, too, it, it, I would also recommend Grimjack uh, over this. I I, I, I couldn't I, pick between the two. No? No, impossible. No. Again, the my glasses are definitely rose-colored when it comes to Dreadstar because, mm-hmm. it, you know, like now, I said – did you follow it down to the bitter end? Oh yeah, I, I even okay. I lasted all the way through the uh, Revera stuff when uh, Peter David did Dreadstar's daughter. Okay. Yeah, I, I, if it said Dreadstar, I bought it. Cool. I, I I even bought the reprints because I if if uh, memory think, serves, they had different covers. I think it's the, the that that Dreadstar and Company. I think it's the reprint of the fourth issue that I read. I'm not even sure if it was the actual epic. First ah, printing, right? But right. I'd have—I mean, I—I've lost it. But I mean, it's—I remember reading because I—I I thought it was such a cool issue with the uh, with the impersonator and and uh, and the twelve gods and and I yeah. just I thought that was a whole cool. I mean, because it it told me everything I needed to know pretty much about the characters in that issue. You had Willow trying to read everybody's mind who's coming into the party. You had um, Odie being able to determine. Who was who because of, you know, his, his sense of smell and that he was, he was an expert fighter because Vanth taught him. You had, um, you pretty much learned who everybody was and that it, that was a great primer issue mm-hmm. for me. And I, yeah. I, I do feel bad about not, but I mean, I read that issue because it was in a stack of other books that my aunt handed me 
one one day. So it's not like I knew when this issue came out or could run out and get the following issues. But um, reading it in in the omnibus, I mean, it it took me back to that time. Yeah. So yeah, I can't be objective about Dreadstar. Fair enough. Impossible. So. Wow. David certainly doubled back and and saved the his uh, performance this episode because we heard him <laughs> a lot towards the end, which was Sorry. good. I like that a lot. <laughs> like, no, I like anyway, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, we, Where are we going here? Let's look at the time. Going home. Oh, we got lots of time. Lots so of time. Night all. This. <laughs> Let's see. I guess I'm going to just roll with stuff for next week, man. We didn't even talk about Superior Spider-Man number 17. It, we I had, I had, I, I, I've been on the show for a couple weeks. I had a ton of books lined up. Yeah. Um, for some what are you going to talk about Satellite Sam? I like, the, I like the first issue. <laughs> I thought the second <laughs> one was... was I was going to talk about good comic books. Was, yeah, I didn't like the second issue. Ironically, considering what people may think of my feelings on these on these creators, I actually think Satellite Sam was saved by Chaikin and Oh yeah, you're right. And not uh and I just this 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 the story and the, the See I kinda the, I kinda the, dug the second issue. I thought it was oh, tough to get know. through. See, I, I thought, I, thought I just thought it was issue, a wordy bitch. To quote David, it's a wordy bitch. It was a wordy bitch. I think the first issue was really Fraction showing us that he learned his lingo. The second issue really didn't hit us over the head as much. And and I thought that we yeah. had a little bit more of the sun. I just, I, 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 is this, this isn't the top of the stack for me or anything like that. It's not, oh, I got to make sure I read the latest issue. If it's there, I'll read top it. Top of the stack it's, for you. It's, it's, no, <laughs> it really isn't. Okay, but, I know. Uh, Copyright. Oh, I, guess, I guess between the four of us. You owe me $5 now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and if you would like to amass a huge stack of comics, there's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Like we said before, get your books, get them cheap, get them fast, delivered right to your home. You don't even have to move. 35 to 75% off. EOC 8's the code for an extra 8% if you're a first-time customer. And remember, they don't mind late orders or late order editions, and you get your previews damn cheap for a buck and change, and you get the Marvel one too, because that's where the action's happening as far as the mainstream goes. Do yourself a favor. Do it. Run right out and get Superior Spider-Man number 17. Okay. Written by Dan Slott. Penciled by the mighty Ryan Stegman. Very humble man. Livesay. 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 John Livesay. And uh, colors by Edgar Delgado. It's The, the setup's very cool. Slott is a really crafty son of a bitch. All that uh, chronal gobbledygook that emanated out of the age of ultron reaches 2099 you have um the setup's really cool uh there's this disruption at uh alchemax uh there's a t-rex and a biplane and spidey is on the scene and you have spider-man riding a t-rex drawn by ryan stegman and, God, and lives it. Unbelievable. It's so good. But anyway, so you have this, this, cro- this, this chronal disruption, uh, and Tyler Stone. Do you need to tell them more? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's really cool because the, oh, okay. the, the twist. The pro- plot down? Okay. No, the twist is awesome okay. because. Tell ta- us about it. Tell ta- us the Don't twist. give it away though. No, yeah, no. Give, give it away. Come on. Spoil it. No, Tyler. St- Jane Foster has cancer. Tyler Stone, <laughs> the big bad of the two on 2099 universe, is Swiss cheese. 
he's he's disappearing. Parts of him are being sucked into this this coronal disruption. And we all know if Tyler Stone never existed, Miguel O'Hara doesn't exist. Because Miguel O'Hara, unknown to Tyler Stone, is his son. Well, no, no, no. Unknown. Stone doesn't know that Miguel knows. Right. That's That's why. Right. So he... Yeah, he knows. He doesn't so Stone, know. Right, yeah. But if uh, long story short, if Tyler Stone disappears from the so the, the annals of time, so does Miguel. And in one issue, Dan Slott ties up eighty some years of Marvel continuity and bridges the current Marvel universe in twenty thirteen with the twenty ninety nine universe. And mm. when you see it, you will shit bricks. You will. It's it unbelievable how he does it. Really? Yeah. In one fucking panel. It's like they introduce, they reintroduce somebody and you're like, holy fucking shit. Incredibly smart. Yeah. All right. Lord Loved up. it. Go get it. What you got, Chris? Respect. Oh, um, I've talked about God Hates Astronauts a lot on the show. Uh, it has been picked up by Image and uh and ryan is ask ryan brown is uh asking folks to go and convince your local comic book shop to uh to order the the trade and if you do you can uh, take a picture of how you have strong armed your uh lcs manager or worker into ordering said trades and uh and he will send you um fabulous gifts and prizes so um for more details on that you can go to our forum which is where david forum.bullpinboltonspodcast.com and there's a thread about uh about uh um bringing god hates astronauts to your comic book shop and you should uh, do that and read it you should that would be it would be the cool thing to do well, the cool kids do. i um i can tell uh, you about the plot though well, it breaks well, down. there's well, there's there's um bare knuckle uh, boxing with bears and there's there are, are pe- yes and there are people with exploding heads um it's it's good it's good you'll enjoy it yeah um, first piggybacking on Vince, um, you also get to see Peter Parker playing softball. Well, Peter Spirit Parker Park. in quotes. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still his body. Because, it's, because, because and, and <laughs> it's, it's the spiders versus the, it's, it's just, it really is. It's, 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 the, the, it's all the people that have been turned into spiders versus all the people that have been turned into lizards. And and it's it's. Um, Can we just do that in Spider Island? No, that's the thing. That's, that's a joke. Game the the the, the Horizon oh, okay. Lab football game is right. No, but it's it's yeah. It, it it's it really is. It's it's slot is just he's <laughs> as as beautiful as this book is, and 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 you know and uh, Stegman's head doesn't need to get any bigger, but it, it really is one of those things where slot is he is incredibly slick. And, uh, and, and really, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. And I was, it's, well, no, I'm going to leave that because that was just something off air. But I'll, I'll I should tell them what you said off air. And no, you'll, you'll deny it. You'll it's deny just, it. Try it. You can't. You can't say it. No, I won't do it to you because I respect, you know, you told me to keep it on the down low and I will. You did. You did. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, in your travels, read. Wolverine and the X Men, for real. They they just wrapped up the oh, uh, 
the, the Hellfire Saga by um, by by Jason Aaron and uh, Art Adams. I mean, uh, stop. And and Walden Wong. <laughs> so it it is. Uh, yeah, I mean the whole thing. It, it this was a big um, summer blockbuster feel, especially yeah. towards the uh, towards the climax. But I mean everything leading up to it, and and um, and and the resolution for everything and, and, I mean and during this with the whole the new hellfire the new hellfire school um I mean I have not seen Master Pandemonium since West Coast Avengers mm-hmm. and, and I mean they're just seriously Aaron is one of those dudes who he's very um dude ma- say that out loud Master Pandemonium really <laughs> and he and he makes it work so well <laughs> and he makes him a badass yeah he, he uh it he, Aaron is one of those dudes who just, he, he's very Mark Wade-like, where he's like, you know what, this was an idea that Marvel had years ago that no one d- has done anything with. I'm going to see where I can kind of fit I this. think and Aaron then, could make any character work well. He, Cause he's, a, he's a very, very good writer. And and I mean, and it's it's Wolverine and the X-Men, but Wolverine pretty much took a backseat for this arc. Um, there were, uh, and, and there this was one of those arcs where... Um, I'm guessing when you get to issue 36, it it would be a good jumping on point because if if you missed the Hellfire Saga, you haven't read it, you 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 want to find something new. I think the next issue is going to have a because um, things happened in this arc that uh, everybody seems to be at a place where you can see them grow from here. Whether it's it's choir and and um, and the changes in. in or the relationship that that he has, um, the return of a character that I mean, Vince was really kind of hurt. Thank over. God, yeah. But the change in his character and and things happened in this arc. Um, it there it really was just a. I, I came onto Wolverine and the X Men late. I have to go back and read the first dozen issues or so. So, but I uh, I kind of caught on with the Savage Land and 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 the introduction of Dog and thing like that. So it's. Um, current now, but the Hellfire Saga I thought was really it was different than what I was reading with Superior Spider-Man or Hickman's Avengers books. Um, but as far as what everybody's doing for Wolverine and the X-Men, I I definitely suggest you you checking it out. And the last page, dude, yes, dude, dude, the last right? page. I was I was like. Because and, and that was oh speaking of all right so 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 storytelling because of the way um, Bruce's body is I wasn't sure what the hell was going on when he was on the plane and the whole biting and it it took me kind of till the towards the um, to to the scene with Hank in the lab mm-hmm. that I realized what actually was happening yeah the way the panel was and the body and the seat and it was it was a little confusing but it it was explained towards the end of the issue but that last page ties it back to that and and that was that i mean we knew but i mean of all the of all the places for it to exactly be hinted at it was it was neat i yeah Yeah. no i'm serious check it out so good no doubt son so a couple things first of all uh as a just to reiterate this weekend if you were in the baltimore area and you want to meet one half of this triumphant quartet we will be there, along with many of our peoples at Baltimore Comic Con. 
It's going to be the jam, yo. Yeah. Make it happen. Uh, number two, um, I think I probably speak for Chris in saying that you know we were very very small parts of the website known as iFanboy for a time, and uh, you know we are good friends with Connor, Josh, uh, and Ron, and uh, as well as uh, as as Paul and and Ryan and and all the rest and Mike and and everybody else involved in Alley. And it was announced uh, this past week that the website part of iFanboy is closing down after, um, what, seven, eight years. And uh, they're going to keep the podcast alive. But I just wanted to say, uh, tip my cap to them and say that, uh, um, you know, for an episode that we spent probably, you know, the first 40 minutes talking about the um, troubles with, with comic book journalism, uh, I think um, at its best, iFanboy was definitely um, the antithesis of that. They, they did it right. And uh, it's a shame that... Uh, you know, one of the few places that often did it right, you know, um, is closing down. But I think it's, you know, it's for it's for good reasons. These guys are, you know, all doing, you know, other things with their lives. And and uh, and so I, I just wanted to say thanks for so long and thanks for all the fish. Um, and then last but not least on that front, I wanted to send a shout out to uh, our good buddy, listener, and uh, and the man responsible for uh, the sum total of all of our tattoos. And that's Brian Stringer. Um, he had a hell of a scary a health uh, scare um, this past month and he's he's coming out of it thank goodness um, but I did talk to him today and uh, it, it was pretty freaking scary so um, I'm glad that he's, he's he's on the comeback trail but you know it was a tough spot and um, so hope you're doing better buddy um, and now on to the comic front um, I'm going to preempt something that I want to talk about next week and this is a book that Vince if you haven't read it you need to order it tonight and read it for next week because uh, I gotta know what you think of it. It is a book by Theo Ellsworth, published by uh, Secret Acres, and it's called The Understanding Monster. Um, it's a 72-page oversized hardcover, and it is one of the most visually arresting, uh, interesting, and challenging books I have read in quite some time. So um, it is a uh, it is an experience to say the least. I would put it right up there with. Uh, with um, say the uh, the Pinocchio book that I talked about by uh, Winchless about a year ago or so, so um, give that a, a if you haven't read it and you're interested, read it for next week because I'm going to talk about it. Talked about capacity about two years ago, yeah, yeah, yep. And he's he's amazing. I don't have the Understanding Monster yet. I'm gonna have get to get it. it. Yeah, he's a he's really good. Cray cray. Yeah. Folksy, a little bit folksy, a little bit. A little bit of rock and roll. Yeah, I, I like his stuff a lot. They're very arresting. Can't replicate it. He's got his own little. A lot of super detail, a lot of cross hatching. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pagan. I would call his his work paganist, pagan like. There's there seems to be a lot of oh, um, mythology in his work. Mm-hmm. Like it's like sort of like where the wild things are. Yeah, like meets. tree gods and yep. dr- dryads and all that. Yep. Stuff all mixed together with Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange, strange stuff. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Very challenging and, and I think rewarding read. So Who published that, Secret Acres? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You can get it on the Zon for like 14 bucks. The Zon. The Zon. Oh, Amazon. That's what the Should kids are calling now, the Zon? Hmm? You call it the Zon? That's what me and J-Zone call it. Ah, Jason. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I sent Jason a, a private tweet 
And I said, dude, you got the new J-Zone album? And he's like, he giggled at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what? Yeah, this yeah. guy's like a joke? He's like, nah, mm-hmm. son, he had his time. <laughs> I don't know what pimp rap is. I mean, it's probably the obvious, right? It's rap about pimps and hoes. You okay, know, like, and that's uh, what he does. Like Too Short and you know, Two Live Crew and that yeah. kind of thing. Okay, I, I get it now. I get it. Because he's talking about gadget hoes on the new one. Go, go, yeah, girls that are in clubs and all they're concerned with is their phones and shit while all everybody's around them, you know, they oblivious and he's just like, you gadget hoe. You know, Julian, Julian is, is 100% of his time is focused on landing those gadget hoes now that he's got the Google Glass. Well, there you go. And he can record it too for all of us to see. <laughs> That's dirty. That's dirty. Dirty. Oh, man. Christopher, you still there, buddy? Nah, he's running. Oh, no, I'm here. There I was he on is. mute. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to step on anyone. That's that's Just funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, join us here next week. Damn, I'm just looking at. I got okay. Join us here next week. You know, same stinking time and same stinking channel. We'll be back, and we love you so damn much. It's we can't even express how much we love you. Yeah, you know it. It's the truth. Bye. Right. Peace out, bitches. Love you. Bye, nice. It's not a place, it's a state of mind To have your heart go incognito And hide away for a while It's a holiday from the landslide you create To have your heart take a second breath or two Before your trouble, they always find you The love you find, oh, it never seems Lifestyles firmly stepping on the gas The harder you shove them off The harder they shove right back The heart is a motherfucker I'm positive of that So Second breath or two Before your troubles They 
always find you